Welcome to the Family Unit Radio Show. The purpose of this show is to inspire, inform, and minister to you the truth about family from the Word of God. Now here's your host. Hello, and thank you for being part of the Family Unit Radio Show. I am a host, Cleaver Rose, and I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of this wonderful radio experience. It is a wonderful radio experience. You know that, baby? <laughs> it is it's a wonderful radio experience but because it's so many, many people has tuned in last week. And even though we we put a lot of media potatoes last week broadcast because of submission, we go into another week to talk about the same subject matter about submission. But this time it's something that's really that needs to be talked about that people are ignoring. And I think that is the great, great segue into from last week broadcast a submission of what it looks like in the eyes of the Lord to what it needs to be practicality, especially when we talk about the various things that people try to make excuses about, especially when it comes to submission. And I really, we really, we really do want to talk about this one part here, and it's a very, very, very great but need to be said the part is about the unsaved husband. Now, last time we talked about um, submission, it was more on the fact if the, it's not really if the husband is saved or not, but mainly about what it looked like generally. But now this week we're going to bring some practicality because there's a lot in, in the Bible, in the word of God, it didn't have a qualifier for the husband to be right with the Lord. It just said husband. It said why submit to your husband. It did not say submit to your saved husband. So <clears throat> before we go to the father, I want to really talk, uh, let you guys know about the uh, the few weeks that we've been on this topic about, you know, about, you know, godly wise, you know, according to God's word. Well, we wanted to really go into a little bit further now, but we want to touch bases on the first broadcast we did was how to be a helpmeet. The second one was that a wife that fears the Lord. The third one is definitely about intimacy. You know, what it is to be intimate, the biblical, practical way of knowing what intimacy looks like in marriage, what a wife could do. And of course, last week's broadcast, we definitely talked about submission. Now, this week's broadcast, we're still on the topic on submission, but this time, like I said earlier, is mainly about unsaved husband. Now, I want to introduce, net, like, like always, uh, with this whole series, my beautiful wife, Tawana, and we're going to go ahead and dig deep now. How you doing, baby? I'm doing great. Excellent. Excellent. And we're going to go deeper into this, this, um, this, um, Topping out because it's a lot of people trying to excuse a lot of wives that I heard try to excuse the part of not submitting to their husbands. Can you tell us? Can you tell the listening audience about you no know, this subject matter that we're gonna be embarking to about the submit you know, about the unsaved husband? What does that? What does it really in words? 
trying uh, uh, is what God's really saying about this. What do you think is going on here? Well, I think a lot of wives, you know, w women in the in the uh, Christian world, a lot of wives they don't really understand biblical submission and what it is and what it looks like. And a lot of times, you know, we know when we get married, you know, things start to come out. You know, in our marriage, you know, we start to see our spouse in another light than we saw them when we were dating them. And also, you know, during the engagement period, we may have not seen certain things or maybe we overlooked some stuff. But all of a sudden, after saying I do, and you start living with, the, with, with this person, you start to see other sides of them. A lot of times wives, they start to give themselves an excuse of why they shouldn't submit mm -hmm. because you know when you are living in close proximity with a person you know like like a husband and wife does you start to see see you see their good side you see their bad side you see things about them that other people probably don't see when they're not around them that much so and that will make a lot of wives feel <coughs> like well my husband needs to deserve my submission mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is they think that well if he's not loving me like Christ loves the church and he's not doing this this and this or if the husband maybe he's not saved or he say he's saved but he's not obeying the Bible the way he should right then you know in a wife's mind they may she may start to feel like well God you know excuses her you know behavior Mm -hmm. her unsubmissive behavior because her husband does not meet up to the standard of what she thinks is for him to deserve her submitting to him. Mm -hmm. But in, you know, in my study and through talking to other mature women, mature wives, there is no scripture anywhere from, from the Old to the New Testament. There is no qualifier. Mm -hmm. for a husband to be saved for a wife to submit. Wow. There's, it's just not in Scripture. God nowhere in Scripture said, do this if he deserves it or do this if he is saved. Right. It doesn't say saved husband mm -hmm. anywhere in these Scriptures that we've been covering and that we're going to cover today. So there is no pre-qualifier or prerequisite requisite i mean of course in god's perfect will yes he wants the husband and wife both to be saved right but when he asks us to you know do these things like when he's telling the husband to love his wife like christ loves the church there was no pre-qualifier that she had to be saved right and that just like there's no pre-qualifier for the wife to submit to her husband it doesn't say if he's saved because if it were then this scripture that we are about to cover would not there would be no need for this scripture you're right um and you know when i first read this scripture myself you know as a saved husband because a lot of you know we could go through the broadcast that you, you guys know and i was a saved before i got saved you no know, my wife you know did the ultimate sacrifice and i know at ultimate obedience if you want to say that she did was gave me up to god and you know this here to me by reading this 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 particular um scripture is really profound at what exactly what she had to have to do to, with me when I was not saved. 
So we're going to go into this scripture here now. A lot of people overlook this scripture. They read it, but they don't read in depth into it. And that is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. So I want my loving wife to really read from the King James Version first. Then we're going to dig deep of why this is biblical. This is what God has called for a saved wife to do with an unsaved husband. Go ahead, baby. Okay, uh, verse 1 says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, <clears throat> they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Wow. Now, even from that standpoint right there, you should have to pick up some things here. Which we won't get into a whole more deeper involvement in a few minutes here. But the whole thing is that, you know, verse 1 in First Peter chapter 3, it says, Likewise, ye wise be in subjection to your own husbands. It did not say save. It says own husbands. Yeah, in New King James it says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands. That even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. See, even from there, God is really putting in the emphasis on the fact that your husband don't have to be saved in order for her to win him to the to the to God. See. And I need to ask this question. I've been one of the. I want to ask this question. I'm going to ask this question for a very long time. When when you hear about that verse, when you read that part here, and we will dig into the, the other scriptures in a second here. But when you read the whole thing in First Peter chapter three or one through six, what was it that was on your mind for you, baby? I mean, because I know that was a lot to deal with, especially with me. Well, you know, since we're talking about verse one here, one thing for me is, you know, through all those years, you know, when we were, our, our marriage was in a lot of trouble, <clears throat> mm -hmm. I was under the notion that you, you were saved because <coughs> that's what you were saying. That's what you were proclaiming that you were a saved man. Right. Now, time after time, there was a lot of doubt in my heart about that because there was so much in your behavior that said, no, you were not saved. Mm -hmm. And of course I would confront you on the matter, which I didn't 
take the biblical way of doing that because I didn't know that the way I was doing it, I was not showing you respect. I was not being a submissive wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, it just caused more problems, you know, through the years, you know, going down the road later. It just, it, it, I was just, just constantly was at you like, you, how can you be saved when you're doing this, 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 and this, and you're not obeying God. And so when I would go and I would read first Peter chapter three and I'm looking at the scripture and it's saying an unsaved husband, you know, when I started looking at the other translations, just like here in the NASB, it says in the same way you want you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives. Mm-hmm. So, you're going from, you know, in the King James when it's talking about the husband, you know, not, you know, being, uh, it says that uh, if any obey not the word. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in the New King James, it says the same thing, do not obey the word. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, when you're looking at the background of, of all of this, the background context of this, this is talking about an unsaved man. Right. But I'm looking at, I was looking at it during those times, okay, so, but he is a saved man who's not obeying God. Mm -hmm. Now, it took some time, you know, for me to grow spiritually mature to understand that, you know, as far as salvation goes, you know, there has to be fruit Mm -hmm. in the person's life to prove, you know, that they really are saved. Now, we can't go around telling people that they're not saved. You know, I mean, that's between them and God, of course. Right. You know, if they're if they're saying that they're saved, but we don't see the fruit in them, we just can't just just berate them, you know, and 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 Bible thump them and things like that. You know, a lot of times, I mean, we can, you know, say, you know, ask them questions and things like that to try to get them to kind of, you know, look, you know, look at the scripture a little deeper and say, you know, really. You know, according to scripture, you know, this is what is what it says, you know, go through the scriptures of what it says that a saved person is like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like help them to to uh, think through those things. But we just can't just go and tell someone just just flat out, you know, well, you're not saved. You're going to hell. Blah, blah, blah. We right. can't we can't just go around doing that <laughs> right. to people. You know, that's just not that's not helpful at all. And so the thing was, I had to come to understand that you know you know even just you know listening to pastors and things like that you know you had behavior that proved that you weren't saved but I could not convince I or nor anyone else could convince you that you were not saved you had to see that for yourself Mm -hmm. and so the approach that that needed to be taken was not the one that I was taking so I was told that okay, so you see that the behavior that he's displaying does not sh- does not um, show a, a person who is saved. Right. Now it's not in the best interest of you as a wife to continue to argue with him about that, because now you're getting outside of the will of God. That's not how God told you to behave as a wife. Right. So what I had to do was, you know, going back to this scripture in First Peter chapter three, instead of looking at you being a saved man who is disobeying scripture, 
I had to look at you as an unsaved man. Yeah. So I had to apply myself, you know, apply our marriage in the scripture that uh, you are a saved woman with an unsaved husband. Now, you can't go get in his face and tell him that. He's not going to accept that. Right. It's just going to make him more and more mad. But, you know, in your heart, that's what the truth is. So now you take these scriptures in First Peter chapter one, verse chapter three, verses one through six, right. and you apply that in action, everyday action, mm-hmm. but, you know, submitting and looking at your behavior, your conduct and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why God had to take me through that. I had to, I had to relook at the whole thing. I can't, I couldn't just approach it that you're a saved person who just happens to be, you know, disobeying some scriptures. Mm-hmm. You're an unsaved person. I mean, everything about you was showing that you were unsaved. Right. I mean, everything was show- was was leading to that. <clears throat> and right. so, since you know, arguing with you was not going to get you to see that. Right. So the best thing for me was to go and submit and love you according to what the scripture said to do, and pray and leave all of this in God's hands. To, to, to take care of it because I can't be the Holy Spirit. I can't do any of that. That is like, it was messing up our love, right? you know, for each other. It was messing up the way you, you know, I was no longer in a position where I could influence you to godliness because you weren't listening to me at this point. You just like, you, you had been tuning me out. Right. And it's because of my behavior and how I was, I was approaching you. So that's why God had to show me, he had to get me, off of that road and put, and I had to get on the right road mm-hmm. and do this his way right? because there was no other way that it was going to get your attention. You were pretty much, you were, we were like miles and miles apart from each other. I mean, our whole lives was going two different directions Yeah, and there was no coming back together unless God's intervention. Mm-hmm. Got to come in between all that. Right, right. I mean, because you were like far gone. You were like, I mean, you had already left the room years ago. Yeah. And you just, your your ears was just tuned out. You didn't want to hear it. You didn't want to hear it from me or anybody else. Right. Which that really comes to mind on the fact that was really the, the, the part that, you know, tuned out. And not listening to you about God or hear anything about God was it was a you know when you say you're not gonna re- re- no, really realize that even from from the standpoint of looking at you I thought that everything about you was pitch perfect because you were saved which it was a distaste in my mouth because I was not saved but see I didn't see that at the time because what I was seeing was a person. Who's holy as thou. And judging you. And judging me. Right. And when you was I was looking at that, I was like, you know, I was looking at the fact that she she she's being a judge, jury, and executioner. But in the same time, I didn't see love. Yeah, and you became very, very um sarcastic mm-hmm. and and things like that towards any type of <clears throat> pastor minister exactly. you didn't even want to hear what they had to say because you know you looked at them like you know well they seem like they got it all together you know and things like that so you wouldn't even hear the men you mm-hmm. know the the, the the pastors and stuff you wouldn't hear them either right you know nobody can't tell me that i'm not saved mm-hmm. who they think they are that's how that's how you had became yeah like that you i was know? very cynical i was very cynical mm-hmm. and um 
that's one of the things that uh, us you know, men do when we are not right with God. We become very, very cynical, very, very, uh, be very argumentative about things, mm -hmm. trying to prove a point, trying to make things to seem like you the victim if you are being gang on, mm -hmm. and the list goes on. But mm -hmm. never really take the time to look at that own log in their own eye because they always focus on them and not, not really take ownership of themselves. Yeah, I remember because um, a lot of times you had uh, resorted to looking at a lot of people in the church and you were hyper-focusing on thing uh, them being like hypocritical and yeah. some sin you found about them and you were focused so much on that right. and you could never see any of the things going on with yourself. And I yeah. remember um, when, it, when they had been brought to your attention that, you know, if you say you're saved, at what point after, you know, after salvation did you actually start walking with the Lord what kind of things was changing in your life right and you couldn't look back and see how anything had changed because you had continued to live the same life you had always lived and nothing had changed so you when you look back at it, it's like what was I saved from because I was still, right. I was still living the same life I had under, under the guise of being a Christian right Nothing had changed. Thank you. And that's, that what, I, right. and that's what I was trying yeah. to bring out to you as a wife, but it was just not coming over well at all because, like I said, I was very ignorant right. as to how to carry that out, carry out my role as a wife. I didn't know the proper way to do that. Right. And so it just caused a lot of problems, and it didn't even help you to even start listening to God at all. I wasn't being a, a proper helpmeet. You know, Let's just call it what it is. I wasn't being a proper helpmeet. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, I, I'm really glad you brought that up about the fact that um, I didn't look at what God saved me from. I didn't. And, you know, I can tell you now what God saved me from. He saved me from me. He saved me from, I mean, if you be honest, all the evil that I created to put Jesus on the cross. Yeah, it's like a lot of people, they when they really don't understand what salvation looks like, you know, in a practical everyday basis, you know, when you're walking that, when right. you're, when you're uh, walking out your salvation, a lot of people don't understand that, um, you know, so you should have fruit right. in your life. And so there was a lack of fruit right. in was. you, you know, it was like, okay, so I, so I went up and, you know, I said a prayer, blah, 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 you know, and so it's like, you didn't make the connection that, okay, my life, I'm still living the same life. I'm doing the same things I always did. Nothing, nothing changed. My heart didn't change. My outlook didn't change. Nothing changed. I was trying to you know, like a lot of people were, do, they try to put on good behaviors. Mm -hmm. And you put on good behaviors around people, especially around church folks. Yeah. And so you're trying to put on this, this, this good guy behavior. You're trying to convince other people and probably convince yourself that, you know, hey, yeah, I am safe. I'm doing, look at these good things I'm doing. And you were trying so hard to <clears throat> put on good behavior, but then... These other behaviors was sticking like sore thumb. Yeah, they were like it, you. You saw that it was like those things were overriding those good things you were trying to do. Right. And it was like you were just like in and out, in and out with this, 
you know, these behaviors and you would get really, really depressed and you, you would get angry at times and have outbursts. And it was just, it was, it got very, very ugly at times. Right. And, and, and I want to say this, not only just men and women, but everyone, I'm going to say to everyone, salvation is key. Um, because I'm going to tell you why I said this about, and I'm glad my, I'm glad my, my beautiful wife brought this to, to, to uh you know to the forefront here salvation is a key element to everything with god so but see a lot of people think like you just said about the practicality of it mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know their was was what is the practicality of being saved yeah it's not about good behaviors and being perfect it's not about that none of us are perfect thank you right <laughs> you and, and that's it's a, it's a it's a daily walk it's a daily walk but see the thing is about um about salvation true salvation is total repentance mm-hmm. you see but see you gotta you gotta confess to god of the things that you know is a violation to him yeah you have to agree with god what sin is thank you and see that's the thing that's really was not was resonating in my life was at that time was that i did not bring that to the forefront expose my sin because i want to keep it i want to hold on to it and i don't want as identity as identity of who i am Mm -hmm. but see that's not really my true identity my true identity is in christ jesus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the thing was is that the key, the, the the key elements was of of that sin, and this is, I mean, I remember when we was at the pastor office, and I remember one of the pastors was telling me, "You need to bring this up to the forefront, brother. So if you really are saved, you need to bring this up." And I remember I told him, "Who you tell? No, look, you cannot tell me who who I am." I remember he said, "I remember I told him that you can't tell me who I am. Who you think you are? You know, I'm looking at him." And look at all his flaws. Like you just said, I was hyper-focused on the flaws of the ones who are, you know, walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But they had to walk there with salvation daily, too. Mm-hmm. But see, I didn't think that, that because if a, a saved person would look at this and say, you know what, he's right. But see, that's what a saved person would die. Mm-hmm. See, he was trying to show me, if you save, you could have done these things. And you would confess that sin. That was brought by your sister, not, not just your wife. Remember, she's still your wife, but your sister in Christ. And when she brought those up, you confess that. You walk away. You repent from that. Mm-hmm. But true repentance got to come out of your mouth with faith. Because you, you think about it. But it's first going to be in your heart. Yeah, it comes out exactly, your exactly. It got to come in your heart. See, but, but it was not there. Right. right. <clears throat> See, that's the thing about it. It was not there. So, so for me to get saved, when you, t- I remember this, when, uh, uh, when I really confessed my, no, when I gave my heart, my heart. Now, this is the thing, you have to confess it with your heart by faith to change lords, and that's what happened to me. I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord. That was the the change of my heart. When I changed my heart about. Who Jesus Christ is is my Lord. Then he saved me. Then I know what he was saving me from. Mm-hmm. See, he saved me from the things that was putting him on the cross every single day. That was the sins I was committing. Like adultery, was lying, was cheating, was being, 
hate for me. I mean, those are just symptoms of it, but mainly it was pride. Because remember, let's go back to what I was saying before. I want to hold on to my sin. Mm -hmm. That was pride. Pride wants you to hold on to something because that's your identity. Yeah. So that was my whole problem was, it was pride. It was in my heart. And I was holding on to pride because I wanted to say, this is my identity, who I am. But when I changed my, you know, my lordship, who's my lordship, who's my lord, to him saving me, now I realize he saved me from, my, from pride. And now I have to walk this out. It's not all, look. Yeah, it wasn't easy to walk it out. It's, not, it's never easy, you know, to walk out salvation. It's, it's not an easy task. I mean, because that's why it says you have to daily be dying to yourself. Absolutely. And that's the thing about it that a lot of people don't understand. It's not about <clears> you <throat> trying to put on good behaviors. You have to, to every day when you wake up and you're every day that you're living and breathing, you have to make a decision that you are going to yield to God's will. Amen. Amen. Because well if you're said. not going to yield to his will, if you're not going to surrender and submit yourself to his will, you will continue to live life the way you think it ought to be Absolutely. lived. And that is not surrender. No, because what's tr true surrender means you got to take off the ownership of you to give to someone else. Yeah, because you're still being God of your life, Lord Absolutely. of your life. And that's another thing, too. Speaking of Lordship, it was the Satan who was my Lord. It was me being the Lord. You mm -hmm. see, a lot of people always, and, and this is something I heard from a lot of pastors. You, you give Satan, uh, you gain, you giving Satan so much, so much credit that credit is due. You did not, yes, Satan influenced you. To do these evil, but you make the choice to do it. A lot of people will always try to blame Satan is the one who did this and do that. Satan don't have that much power. He's a, he was an he's an angel. He don't have that much power. We give him power when we give up our own power to him. You see. So what we did, what what I did was, what a lot of people do is blame Satan for everything. But mainly, it was me. I was my own lord. I was my own savior and I was my own king and no one could not tell me how to live my life. That's an atheist. That's a person that's not of God that do think like that. They want to control everything in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me. So as an unsaved husband, I get mad at you when you tried to practice Christ. And when you was doing, you was being, you was being, you was fearing God. But you was not, you was, you was fearing God, but you was fearing me of how, of, of the evil I was doing mm -hmm. in your own way. Because how you, you ask me these questions, if you say you would say, why you act like this? Why you act like that? It was all because you was questioning that this is not what the Bible says about saved person being. This is how I am. God, I know God saved me from, but he saved him from. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> When you look at that, you didn't know one of the things that they would kind of stuck the uh, uh, sore thumb of all of that was that I never confessed the truth about it. I never told the truth. I never owned up to my own problems on the fact that I'm the one need to be delivered. I need to be need to repent because I did not own up my own sin. Yeah, and I know you were very, very unhappy in those times because when you would look at people who are saved and it seemed like their lives, they were 
and much more peace and, and, and happier with themselves and things like that. You just couldn't attain that in your own life. Right. No matter how you tried, you was really wanting that, but you didn't know how to get it. Right. And you would become more and more frustrating, frustrated at the fact, and you became very difficult to live with. Too. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. <laughs> and I was telling you that, and you're looking at me like, what? <laughs> I thought you was telling me that you, you, you found someone else that's better at the right. time, you know, that's where you was this is what happens when you have a very, very carnal not a carnal mind, but a very mind that's so depraved. When your mind, your heart, everything was so so depraved from God, you will think all kinds of evil about the other person. You know, especially you. I was giving you so much a hard time thinking that you found you no know, when you bring me other believers who's doing well spiritually and you know you supposed to rejoice when you see another brother or sister in Christ because you know for a fact that they had came to a part of their lives that you don't know where they came from, but you rejoice with them. I wasn't rejoicing with them. I wasn't. And I, I, I'm be honest. I wasn't. I was very angry because I like. Why does he keep bringing this stuff up to my face? <laughs> you know. Why does he keep doing this to me? Well, because she thought I was saved. That's the kicker. I lied to her. See, I did not, I'm not going to sugarcoat what I have done. I mean, only the people need to know the truth. I lied to my wife. I, cheated, I, I, I committed adultery towards my wife. I did all these evil things towards her. I even made her feel like she was not worthy of anything. I didn't show her love. That's because I wasn't right. I was not saved. I was not a child of God. And when you don't realize that when you when you're depraved, you're not gonna realize that. It had to take the it gotta take the power of God to change you. When you as a person realize you gotta be it's two things gonna happen in your life. You're gonna and it's gonna happen. You're gonna you're gonna bow down, you're gonna uh, you gonna bow down to Jesus Christ as your Lord. Either way, in this earth, on this time, or before the white throne judgment. And I don't want to go to the white throne judgment. Because white throne judgment means that you deny him even exists. And you're going to hell. I don't want that. See, when, when I was a kid, and we're going to get back to this in a second. When I was a kid, I used to, when they talk about hell, 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 it was, it, it, they made it definitely to an evil place. It is. But remember, you got to go back to scripture. Hell is developed, but it is not really. Is God had not put people in hell yet? If you read the Bible, because it's in Revelations, and and, and you, you, um, I can't remember the verse per se, but it's in Revelations that God will put people, will put Satan and the and the angels that came with him to hell. Then those who deny Christ, but you gotta read Scripture to understand that. But I digress. When I was a kid, I used to think about hell was a bad place. But when I got older, and people keep talking about hell, 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 I stopped believing it. Because the lies. Now, I, I didn't read the scripture. I didn't know. But the thing was, people kept talking about hell, but I look at them, they live in hell's lives. And that kept me wanting to deny Christ. But see, even with that denial... It's still not their fault for me for that decision. It was it's my decision to be made. It's never theirs. So it, now God will hold them responsible for what they have done, 
but that's not on their accounts of my salvation. So that's why I want to say I want to thank um, those who did put uh, those seeds in my life about true bona fide salvation, especially you, my baby. Uh, I mean, you, 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 one of them. I mean, thank you for just giving me up to God, but keep praying for me. Which this right here, I want to read this part here. And this is goes into us going to, going to read more translations about First uh, Peter chapter three verse one to uh, six here, and this is one part that's really profound. It says that same wife married to an unsaved husband should not think she's to go around demanding her physical spiritual rights and reject her husband's authority, His leadership. She is not to take on a superior attitude thinking she knows more than her husband and treats him with disdain, with, uh, with disdain, rejection, and becoming indifferent to him when she sees other men at the church who loves Christ. If she keeps going on like that, he could become distasteful and repulsive to her. This is not this is out of the will of God. She is not to preach to or at him or badge him about gossip, about the gospel. It's, it's her example of living out the Christian life that will speaks volume, not her words to him. This does not mean a wife is inferior to a husband in any way. That's powerful. Right. That is so powerful. Because how many I know that you learned this. You learned this. Because I know you didn't it was a talk. But you learned this from other women. And I'm glad you did this because, you know, at first you were doing these things, but you when you realize my husband's not saved, he's not right with the Lord. And God through the Holy Spirit, have to read, show you First Peter chapter 3 from other mature women about this whole matter. And a lot of wives are very, very, very guilty of this very thing that you just said here, that you just read, you know, because <clears throat> if, a, if a wife is saved and she's married to an unsaved husband, and those behaviors that's coming out of him, she and she starts looking at other men who are saved, and they're doing, they're living life the way you know God intended for us to live it. Mm -hmm. That she becomes attracted to that. She oh. starts to want her husband to be that way. Right. She feels like these other men's wives, you know, you know, they have a blessing in their lives that she don't have, right. and she's wanting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. You know, dare I say, it, 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 it can kind of go over to the area of being covetousness. Woo! I mean, it can, it, <laughs> it, can get, it can get there. Depending on the wife and the way she reacts to this whole thing, mm -hmm. she can start coveting. I mean, because think about it. She's looking at how some other man is acting. She's wanting her husband to be that way. Now, she's not married to this other man. Right. She's married to her husband. Uh-huh. This is the man she chose. Yeah. But now she's looking at some other man and how he is behaving. And now she's looking at her husband. And that right there, she's she's growing 
a, a, dis, a disrespect for him. This, this, she starts to literally reject him. Wow. And it, it's coming out in her attitude towards him. Mm. This disdain she has for him, this rejection, um, her superior attitude of I'm walking with the Lord and he's not. Right. And that's how a wife can get into that area of feeling like, well, he doesn't deserve my respect. Right. That's how Ooh, that stuff is coming wee. about, you know, where she's starting to act and feel this way. Of course, she's looking at other women in society and other women who, you know, don't know the word. And she's taking mm -hmm. her cues from them. So she's not really questioning what's going into her ears. So basically what you're saying, baby, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that when a wife that does do that towards her unsafe husband and going with the distresses of the world and also the distresses of, let's say, feminism, if you want to say like that. Well, not just an unsafe husband, but even a husband who says he's saved but he's not necessarily doing all the things, mm -hmm. you know, according to the Bible. Okay. Because okay. you do have some truly saved husbands that are still, you know, wherever they're at with their walk in salvation, they haven't, like, they haven't got, got, to, got to a certain point yet. Right. You know, they haven't matured to a point to where... They're slow growing, basically. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, depending on how she sees it. You know, all right, because, true, Because true. Even, even she has to grow. Yeah. I mean, her attitude in itself proves... That she still needs some growth, right? Because how, how she come about that attitude anyway? Yeah, that she's yeah. That, that she's holding. Yeah, you're right. You see, mm. that's a, that's a uh, an immature uh, spirituality on her part. She's immature spiritually for mm. her to be that way. Now, of course, you know, humanly speaking, yes, of course we're gonna, you know, just like when someone does something towards you that's wrong, of mm -hmm. course you're going to have a feeling about it. Right, absolutely. And you may even react to it. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So that's just natural. Yeah. But when we are, when we become saved, mm -hmm. when we're children of God, we don't do what comes natural. No, we don't. We have to be learned from God. We got to learn things that God told us to. We got to learn to. to do it His way. Absolutely. Because I'm going to tell you something. We are marred by sin. Exactly. That's the reason why we do what's natural because we're marred by sin. Right. We were born into sin. Right. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. and then of course we, you know, if you uh, came to a point in your life where you decided to become born again, you decided that, it, that you needed, that you realized that you um, are spiritually dead mm -hmm. and you need, you was in need of a savior. So now you understand that, you know, things are going to be different. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that we don't, we don't, we're just not perfect. And we don't always see things right. the way we should. You know, so that's what's going on is that, you know, and a lot of times too, we think about it when a wife is holding these wrong attitudes and stuff, you have to wonder, do she really read the word? Does she re mm. Do she read and study the word? Because a lot of times you can be hearing a lot of people preach things, mm. but you're not going home and reading and studying for yourself. True. And that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. That's dangerous for any believer to not actually read and study their Bible. You know, that's one. You of cannot just depend on preaching right. to get you everything you need. You know, that's one of the key things that when I became, when I became a child of God, it was very hard for me to pick up that word. Until God had to, you know, really, I had to dig deep and take out, take myself out of the equation where I almost died to self. I didn't even know what that means until I read for myself what it means to die to self. 
And when I remember for a fact with me, when I started to read the word God for myself, started to understand things that God was saying from his word, it was perfectly clear what he was talking to, to, uh, talking to me about. Yeah, we've all been there. I've been there, you know, where I didn't really want to <clears throat> read the word myself. You know, you get sleepy when you read it or you don't understand what it's saying right. or you just, you know, it's just not in you <coughs> right. to just pick up. You don't make time to just do that daily. It's mm-hmm. just you do everything else, but you don't make, you, you say you don't have time for for, for time for God. Right. And it's like, you know, yeah, at some point in your spiritual walk, you have to realize how crucial you need to really it is. You really do need that time with yeah. God because, like I said, preaching is, you know, that's not enough. It's right. not enough for you to just hear somebody preach the word because you're not at church 24-7. You're not. Right, right. Who right. is at church 24-7 to be uh, preached at? Yeah. So what are you going to do all the other times? I mean, as far as yeah. your 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 uh, understanding goes and how do you walk this thing out daily? Mm-hmm. You know, the practical things you have to do with whatever's going on with your life. If you're a, a wife and a mother and things, you know, things like that. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. You can't just like um, you're, in, you're in the midst of a situation and what do you do? Right. You can't go say, Pastor, so, 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 can you tell me what to do right now? I mean, you just, (laughs) that's why you need to read the Bible. Amen. You do. And you're not, and and, and even if you went to church that Sunday, Wednesday, or whenever, you don't remember every single thing that that they told you. Just like when you go to school, you don't remember every single thing the teachers told you. Right. You don't remember every single thing you read from the books. Right. You just don't remember. Right. But that's when you have to really take the time, and this is one. You got to do it. Oh, you have to study over and over and over again. You got to read over and over and over again. So that's how it is with God's word. With God's word, you have to keep on getting it in you over and over and over again. It's one. It's really remarkable because when you know, as an unsaved, when I was when I was unsaved, you know, as an unsaved husband, the one of the things that was really struck the core with me and with you was that you kept reading the word of God. You didn't do it in front of me. I had to go in the room, and I this is this is what happens, guys. When you know someone's not really saved, this happened to me. Anybody else is different than that's that's them. But this is what I did to my wife. I taught you, and I did. I used to go in your room when you go in and you read the word for yourself, and you, we didn't have a desk at the time. You was reading the word of God. I keep all was just keep doing was this 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 taught you taught you. Going in, sitting there, and just the one, just just stare at you, see what you're doing. You see, I'm just gonna be honest. Now, this is confession time here, but but the truth to be told, that's really what was going on. I was I was taught to you. I was, it was that my spirit was not aligned with God. I was taught to you because I want you to get out of God for me, and I messed your whole world up. Yeah, I was just trying to have time alone with God, you know, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that was it was and that was I was doing, and that's really was that that was an indicator I wasn't right with God, because that's your time with the Father, you know. We all need time with our Father. We do need to have time to spend with our Heavenly Father so we can learn from Him, because that's yeah. you know, and that's how we be able to develop things that He wants to do to go and be make disciples. Yeah, I did that because I mean, beforehand, 
you know, I was trying to get you to do devotions with me. Yeah, I remember that. And, and uh, of course, you know, I mean, you would start out doing, you know, reading and stuff like that, but then it would like fall by the wayside. You would, you know, not be interested. And so, I mean, even that in itself would cause arguments. But then once I learned that that was not the right approach, that I can't force you to do something you don't want to do, that's mm -hmm. when I decided that, okay, well, I need to, I'm the one that wants to do this, so I need to do it for myself but i'm not going to do it in front of his face to like throw it in his face like you know huh look at what i'm doing i'm reading the word and you're not you know so right. that's why i would like sneak, you know try to sneak off by myself and, and and go do that and then here you come i'm like wait a minute i thought he was doing something else what is he doing in here but i would just continue on what i was doing right you know but um yeah <laughs> but the thing was though it was um it's go back to what we was talking about here um, in First uh, Peter chapter three, and we're going. I'm a verse two. I'm gonna read from the New uh, New King James version here because this is profound, and this is exactly what she was doing. Now, it, no, I'm gonna read verse one to, and it'll continue verse two. It says, "Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they." Without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Common, when they observe your tasting, taste conduct, accommodated by fear. Key word, observed by your taste conduct, that is accommodated by fear. The key element is that what it was very, very profound was that my wife was was not fearing of God, fear of the Lord. But her conduct was observed was, was very, very, very um direct that's coming from God. So it was more than when I was taunting her at the time, she was showing me what it looks like to have the fear of the Lord with him. Yeah, in the NASB it says, as they observe your chaste and respect, respectful behavior. So that's what that um, chaste. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chaste is mainly means to be reserved. And if you really look at it, no, reserve because someone else is over you and yes your husband is still the person that needs to be that you need to submit to but of course you know like i said the perfect world if he submit to god then it will be a a pretty a pretty sustainable marriage to live by but this here we talk about people who are not we talk about people who are who husbands are not under the umbrella of Christ. Right. The, so her chaste conduct that's accompanied by <clears throat> fear, which is showing that she has a respectful behavior towards him. Right, towards her that's husband. What, that's what it's showing in the NASB. Right. You know, she her behavior towards her husband remains respectful even though he does not obey God. Exactly. That's what he's observing here. That's exactly what he is observing. He is reserving the fact that that he is observing uh, your, the wife doing, the will, doing the will of God in her life to show him what it looks like 
to be saved. So she and, and so for her to be showing him respect, she's not nagging him. No, she's not. She's actually is showing him I still respect you as the as as husband. And it's not respectful for her to be following him around trying to get him to line up. Amen. Trying to get him, <laughs> she's trying, you know, not she's not trying to get him to read the Bible, right, and things like that. Because though think things like that, mm -hmm. not only will he not listen to her anymore, but she can cause him that even if he, even if a, a little ounce of him did wonder about God, she can totally help to turn him off towards God by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, that's. That's one of the things that really started to work on me when you was doing that. Even while I was taunting you because I was depraved and I was full of evil, that started to change a little bit. I was like, why, why, why she got to be in the world all the time? You know, that's what I was. I did say that. Why she? It gotta was be, like a turnoff. It was more like a turnoff was, mm -hmm. but it was started to like. Well, this is what she want to do. Go ahead, let her do it. You know, you you start to excuse it, like let her, let her do what she want to do. But it, it it became more clear when you came to me and said, "I love you, no matter what. I would not accept what you do." But I'm gonna give you up to God. Yeah, it it's almost like this. This is what happens when you are when you realize that your whole world has turned upside down. Is when someone put hot coals on top of your head because you was the person was the enemy towards them. I didn't realize that. That's but, but the thing is, is that this, your spouse is not your enemy. True. You know, we were not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, right? The and so, no, it wasn't <clears throat> that you were my enemy. The thing was, is that we were, you know, you have a, a spiritually dead person versus a person who is spiritually alive. Right. And so, um, it was, it was, I didn't understand the time how important it was for me to um, learn how to use my influence, right. see, because uh, you know when you're when when a wife, you know when you grow up and you don't learn how what it means to be a wife because either you didn't grow up in a home where where you know your parents were married. Like I grew up in a single home, you grew up in a single home, mm -hmm. and so um, you know when you don't have have or even with with some people who do grow up in a home where their parents are married. If a it's crucial for a <coughs> young woman, for young girls and young women to have their mothers be saved women who actually you know walk with God mm -hmm. and read God's word, so mm -hmm. that they will know how to apply it in their own life. Because when they learn how to apply it in their own life, now they are supposed to be teaching their daughters. Mm -hmm. Because a daughter is not necessarily going to learn about marriage just because of everything she watched. You do need to open up your mouth yeah. and talk. Amen. That's part of teaching. Yeah. Teaching requires you to open up your mouth and talk and and explain things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they do at school, don't they? Yep. Okay, so that's why you have a a a, a culture of women who don't know how to be wives. Wow. In the appropriate way, because. They weren't no one to explain it to them. And so if you find yourself being a woman 
you know, a saved woman, you're in church and everything and you are a married woman and you don't know what to do. It's because you weren't taught. You were not taught how to be a wife according to God's word. Right. Now you're going to assume what's right and what's wrong through what you see around you. Right. So a lot of what we picked up, it's just not biblical. It's not right. Amen. Mm. So we don't really know the right way to be. And so we ended up learning things like we see other women say things about their husbands they shouldn't be saying or they talk to them in the way they shouldn't be talking to them. We pick that up automatically. Yeah. And then we, we, we end up doing that <coughs> when we get married. Yeah. Yeah. So for a mother <coughs> with a daughter to think that her daughter is just going to pick up on how to be a wife according to God. No, you need to teach her. But in order to teach her, you need to learn yourself. You can't just go to church and just, you know, want the pastor to preach everything at you. And then you never crack open the Bible and study, you know, you know, you don't read and study and pray yourself you yeah. got to be doing that because how are you going to get understanding amen because the pastor on sunday don't cover every single thing in the bible sunday to sunday they don't cover everything no so i know there are pastors who don't even touch certain parts of the bible yeah. in their sunday morning <laughs> service so it's like how are you going to get every single thing you need even even if they do series you're not gonna get everything in right series. and even if you go to a conference or mm -hmm. something like that or some seminar or whatever how do you know it's really in the context of what the bible is saying you Amen. got to be reading yourself not Amen. waiting for the next sermon or the next conference or whatever <clears throat> you because you won't know if people are telling you what's biblically accurate unless you're sitting down there reading yourself uh, I, I, under the guidance of the oh, Holy Spirit, tell, and that's and that mm. happened with me. You know, you're just gonna operate under a bunch of ignorance. You know, that's really powerful. You say that because of we live in a society, not the society. It started a long time ago, but but what we live in is someone telling us what to think and tell us what to do, but never allow God to tell us what how to think and how to do. Because we allow humans to be the ones that seem like our Lord instead of let God be our Lord. Yeah, and they're using what they think is right, mm -hmm. you know, through their quote-unquote studies. And, I mean, you got so many books out here where people are trying to tell people how to be married. And, and it's like, but under what authority are they writing under? Amen. Because, I mean, we I've read plenty of books on marriage. I've been doing it ever since we got married. Yeah, you have. But there, it also brought in a lot of confusion because the roles in our household, it, it was just not clearly defined when I'm going from one one thing to the next, trying to understand how, how this all is supposed to play out according to God's will. Mm -hmm. It was it just brought in a lot of confusion. I'm hearing things at church. I'm reading these books and... You know, and then I'm going to this seminar, this conference, and I'm trying to bring all this together to just really understand what is God asking me to do. It just never became clear. Mm -hmm. It really never became clear. It, be it became very frustrating. You know, that's really powerful you said that. Uh, because I was going to, and I remember you asked, you, you, we was talking about this before. And we talked about this in, in, in one of our broadcasts is that, you know, the all that did not help you. Yeah, it's, it's more, it was like a, you know, 10, 12 step program, you know, do right. this, do this and do that. And it, this should get you this result. And 
it didn't bring me the results I was looking for. It's like, I was like, Laura, I am trying everything I possibly know to do. And this is not working the way that they said it was supposed to work. It's the, my husband's not changing. The situation is not changing. It's getting worse. Yeah. I mean, it was getting worse because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't with God in the, you know, <coughs> doing it the way he wanted me to right. do it. So that was the problem. I'm doing all these things that, trying all these different things that people said, these suggestions or whatever. But no, that's not, God was, he was trying to show me something else. He was like, no. Um, he said, this is not what I want you to do. <laughs> Man's ways are not my ways. Their thoughts are not my thoughts. Right. I have it clearly in my word what I want you to do. And there's something you're missing. I didn't know what I was missing. Wow. There was a key ingredient that I was missing while I was trying to do all these other things that I just didn't get. I didn't understand. And you know what that missing ingredient was? What's that? The submission part wasn't right. <laughs> I was trying to be a good wife. <clears throat> Right. But I didn't understand about being a godly wife. Because I didn't understand how to play out the role of submission according to God's word. I mean, yes, I had respect for you. Right. But, I mean, I saw us on an equal plane. I mean, yes, God, we are equal in God. But, not, but he did give us different roles, which are different functions in the marriage. Which they complement with each other. Exactly. No one is better than the other. Absolutely. It's just that we play different roles, and it all, you know, brings about God's purpose. Amen. Which that No one's inferior to the other. Right. Which that reminds me, in verse 3, which that's powerful you just said. Because look at this. I'm going to read the New King James verse. I want you to pick it back on a powerful one in, um, no, in the other translations here, boo. And that is, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Wow. Rather, let's go to verse 4. Let it be the hidden person of the heart. With the inc incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of the God. Powerful. Oh my God, that's so. <laughs> in the in the NASB, man. In the NASB, it says, "Your adornment must not be merely external, which is the braiding braiding the hair." And wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God now see <laughs> one thing that stood out to me with this is that you know, us women, we, we have this thing, you know, we see you guys and you how you look at other women sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we tend to think that we need to do all of these things with the makeup and the hair and the clothes and all of this. Do all these things, even with exercise, you know, having that perfect body. Because we are told through television and advertisement and everything that mm -hmm. this is what you guys want. Because after all, why are you looking at these other women? Yeah. Why do you have the, you know, the magazines and the pornography and all of that? It's like you want this perfect image of a woman, and we're trying to fit into that to to keep your attention. 
Mm-hmm. Like, why would a man go and have an affair if he's got a beautiful wife? Yep. Then she tends to think, well, I obviously I'm not beautiful enough. So she starts to look. Just like these, these women that's Yeah, not, she starts right. looking at all the things that's wrong with her and seeing what she mm-hmm. needs to change and improve to pull him back to being interested in her and her only. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is when I read this scripture and I did more study and God had me to understand and I mean, just, you know, cause women need to start talking to mature older women so they can explain this to them. Yeah. But you know, there needs to be more mature older women <clears throat> that you know that do realize these things. One thing about a man, you know, he can have the finest woman on the face of the earth, but he will get tired of that woman if her insides are ugly, he would get tired of her. And what I'm saying is that if her behavior towards him becomes so disrespectful, mm-hmm. that outer beauty is not going to be enough. Right. It's just not going to be enough to hold his heart and his attention. Amen. Because the man wants to be respected. And so that's why they go looking for that in other places. And even in the, in the you were explaining to me before that in the, you know, when when a man is addicted to pornography, it's like he he's seeing this 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 image of this other woman, but this woman in his in his uh, fantasy world is doing everything he wants, whereas with his his uh, wife, she's not doing everything he wants. And we're not saying that a wife needs to do everything simply that a man wants. Yeah. But what we're saying is that when it comes back to what why God is asking a wife to submit to her husband because that is what a man needs he needs respect (laughs) he needs to know that his woman respects him exactly you know he doesn't want someone that makes him feel like he's less of a person right like he's inept and incapable of making decisions i mean god has placed a really huge responsibility on his shoulders but the thing is he may feel like he He's on, he maybe he's unsure of himself right. about how he does it. Maybe he's afraid that he's gonna mess up, like you said before. He's probably afraid he's gonna mess up. He's gonna look look stupid in front of his woman or whatever. And so that right there in itself, he may resort to acting out. Yeah, that's true. And remember, we we talked about this this week. It, 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 I mean, we talked about this before last week about that very thing about that. Um, why women, you know, trying to look all good on the outside, but inwardly they are so ugly and disgusted, this, uh, this, 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 uh, this, this nasty. And yeah, their attitude, <clears throat> they have really, really nasty attitudes. I mean, you got women, they, they want to wear certain uh, designer shoes and clothes and have these purses. They always want to get their nails done, their hair and all that. And they single, they're yeah. single. Mm-hmm. Or they may have a temporary man in their life. Yeah. But they can't lock down a man. <laughs> and it's like you did all this stuff with all of this bizarre makeup and this hair. You spent all this money to keep yourself looking a certain way. But you're not married. Yeah. You don't have the, the kind of love in your life that is lasting. And then when you have, when you look at a couple where... Their love is beautiful. You know, they, they've, they've weathered the tests of time and things like they've weathered the storms and gone through so much, but they have a lasting love. Yeah. You know, they've been together for a long time. And both of them, you know, when you talk to them and they, and they just tell you how they've made it work, 
for the for the uh, for most people, it was because of what Christ has done in their in their hearts individually. Yeah, I know. We, I know one particular couple. But I mean, one that we when we used to live in Memphis, <clears throat> this guy, he went through a lot of stuff with him and his wife. You know him. You know them. What I'm about to say about this guy because you know him. Him and his wife. You know, we know him personally. I mean, he went. He he did all kinds of stuff. All the ugly, if you want to call it. Even he looks like a pimp in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But when God got in his life, when Christ become his Lord, he looked like the the all the stress of the world, all the crap that he put him and his wife through cease. It's like God had stopped time for him to still look youthful. He's in his sixties. And I'm looking at him. He went through hepatitis C. He went through a lot of stuff in his life. He went through a lot. But God healed him. I mean really literally um just changed him because he he loved the Lord. And he and his wife Still married to this day. They've been married for over 30 some years. Right. I remember because they, um, you know, <clears throat> he was, wasn't he addicted to drugs and yeah, stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so she stuck with him. You yeah. know, and a lot of the messages that, that women hear, you know, I wouldn't put up with a man like that and things like that. But see, that's the problem when you let in the wrong people in your business. Yeah, he told me, you know, he told me, and I love it. And to this day, we talk about when I call him. He know he told me, he said, you can't put people. You can't have a lot of people in your business. Right. Certain people, certain people, even in the body of Christ, they mm -hmm. claim to be a, a, a brother sister of Christ. Mm -hmm. You can't put them. You can't tell them everything you do. Right, you because you you gotta you got to really be careful who you are talking to and who you're listening to. Yeah. Because you know, for for a, for a woman of God, if she really wants to please. <clears throat> Her father, her heavenly father. Yeah. She needs to make a choice to get the right information. I think she did. Because and for her to do what she did, mm -hmm. she... So you have to close your ears up to people who are not telling you what the Bible says. Right. If and they're saying something contrary to the words, you don't need to be even listening to them. I don't care if they are in the church. Right. If what they're saying is not... <clears throat> Biblical, right? You don't need to listen to them, right? And that's I, I, I totally believe that because they still marriages, they they act, they like they still in love, and when you are in love, but you have God as your center, as your founding, founding the foundation of your life, is it's just like what I just said that God restored them. And she sacrificed years of happiness. In order for God to for God's will to come about in his life, and look what's going on with them. He's a successful businessman. Um, his whole family are in uh, his whole family, even the kids that's outside their marriage that he told me are in God. They are Christians. They love the Lord, and he sacked, he he still he is giving himself up. And obedience to God to make disciples, mm -hmm. and and his wife, they be you no. Know, I mean, she she did gave him up to the Lord, 
And it, it takes a it takes a very strong woman to do that. And that's one thing a lot of women out here don't understand. When they look at women, they they try to say what a weak woman is and what it isn't, and they don't know what they're talking about. Because mm-hmm. if you have a if you are married to a a spouse who has I mean, they're just full-blown in sin, no matter what that sin may be, whether it be that they are alcoholic, on drugs, um, you know, out here, uh, committing adultery, just whatever. Mm-hmm. And for you to decide that you are not going to give up on this spouse and you're going to be there with them to the end, you will be looked at it like you're weak. Something's wrong with you. You know, your head's not on right. That's how people will judge you like yeah. that. Because they don't understand what's going on. They think, oh, so you're just going to stay in this relationship because you're just weak. You don't know. Oh, you, you need him for money. Just they, they come up with things. They try to really just play on the woman's <coughs> emotions to make her right. feel so bad, so guilty mm-hmm. for the choices that she's making. But right. that's a strong, it was like in my situation, for me to stay with you after all the things that you did, right. I had to come to realize that. That was me being strong. Yeah. Le- leaving the marriage, leaving just, 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 just doing away with the whole thing. That would have been the easy way out. But if I wanted to walk this out in faith, yeah, and wanted my my faith muscles to grow, yeah, then I had to pull up my bootstraps. Mm. I had to put on my 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 big girl panties, and I had to really, really, really. D- get with God and do this thing, for, you know, to bring him glory. It, yeah. it couldn't be about me and, and, and in my happiness. And that's what's wrong with a lot of women. They so focus on being happy. They don't care nothing about God's will, though. Because why? We don't, you can't see the big picture. You don't see the end of the thing. Right. I didn't see the end of the thing. I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't know what the, I didn't see the big picture, but you know, I had to trust him. And that was the, my, my, the whole thing that God had to get me to understand is that, do you trust me, daughter? Do right. you trust me? This is not about <clears throat> your husband. This is not about him and what he deserves. Do you trust me? Do you love me? Because if you love me, you will show me that you trust me. Trust that I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let I'm not I'm not gonna let any any grave harm come to you. Right. You stay in my will and trust me, and mm. I'm gonna show you something. I couldn't understand that. I couldn't fathom what God was 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 asking of me. It was a very scary thing, but wow. that was at that moment where I was weakest. I was really strong because it was him. It was his strength. That's right. It was him. I was riding on his strength. Yeah, because where I'm weak, he's strong, and so for me to trust him, and it took a lot of tears for me to come to that place. But I had to just like not care what anybody around me thought anymore, because it wasn't even about them and what they thought. It was about God. I said, I said, because when this is all said and done, who am I going to answer to? I'm answering to the Father. I'm not answering to all these people. Who cares what they think? Their problem is that they need to get in His will. Amen. That's 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 the issue here. <clears throat> they if they're going to judge me, then it's because they're out of His will. Amen. Because that's that's really that goes to verse five here. Oh, when you just said, you know, that really, 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 really amazing when you say that because that's exactly what you went through. Yeah, it wasn't about me trying to become more pretty and beautiful and things like that. I had to have a gentle and quiet spirit 
And that that gentle and quiet spirit, you know, that's that place <clears throat> where I'm, I'm I'm respecting you and I'm looking at you the way God told me to look at you. Right. You know, I am, you know, I mean, you're my man. You're my right. husband. I need to act like I'm glad to have you in my life. I may not like some things that you do. Right. But at the end of the day, you still my man. You don't want I chose. And I needed to continue to show you, you are loved. Right. Yes, I want you. No, I didn't make a mistake. You needed to me to show you, not only say it, but show you, no, I didn't make a mistake by choosing you. And that's where a lot of wives get it wrong. They start making their husbands feel like they made a mistake. Yeah, I heard some of men. And, and that's going to cause it, the, the men to act worse. Yeah, because, I mean, this week, um, going through some of the groups that I'm in, a lot, of, uh, it was like a few men felt like they were a mistake to their wives because their wives is not happy with them. Uh, and, 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 and when they explain what they mean about their wives not happy with them, it's something material, something temporal, not something spiritual. Mm -hmm. And when I heard of it, I, told, I, I had to tie in on it. I said, have you prayed for her? You, you a man, God, have you prayed? Have you washed her with the word, mm -hmm. the water of the word, to her? Yeah, because their the wives, their wives is not in the will of God. Yeah, that's what the wife doesn't. Their their wives complaining and feeling that way. They themselves don't realize that they're out of the will of God. Mm -hmm. Because why are you, why are they feeling that way? Exactly, and that when when you said that, baby, when you made that statement, that I want you. I'm glad that I make this choice with you. I'm glad that you. I made the choice to, uh, that you will be in my life. You're not a mistake. And it took. A, I mean, don't don't <clears> get <throat> me wrong. I did go through times, and you know that I felt like I did make a mistake. Yeah, I did, did feel like you know I made the wrong choice. I mean, because it was from wrong teaching. It was from wrong thinking. I mean, my 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 head was not. It was not where it is now. You know, Amen. spiritually, I did not understand. I was reacting to the situation. Wow. That's mostly what it was, is a reaction to what was going on. Instead of... A reaction to how I was feeling. and just so many things was going on in me and with right. me. And right. so it was, right. a re it was more of a reaction. And so I had to get beside myself in order for me. I had to get out of that funk that <coughs> I was in, you know, wanting to feel to feel something you right. you were you were not at a place where you were just not you were sick spiritually yeah. and you could not provide for me what i needed and what i needed really was to go to god for Amen. that yeah that's Amen. what i really i had to come to realize that you are wanting something from him that he's he's not able to give to you right now you need to go and be filled up by Amen. god yeah, and God needs to be your all in all. That's what you need to be focusing on right now. Amen. Which that's this is verse five. I'm gonna read this here. This is very very powerful. Well, you you just segue this very well. It says, "For in this matter, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God <laughs> also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands." As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid 
with any terror. Read that in the NSBD. We're going to go, after you read that, we'll explain a little bit. Then we got to read the Amplified because it's real good. Go ahead, Boo. So the NASB says, For in this way, in former times, the holy <coughs> women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Wow. Key element that I'm reading here is holy women who hope in God or trusted in mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. Also, or used to adorn themselves. So, see, they wasn't looking at their outer appearance Mm -hmm. Being the various thing <clears throat> that would um, hold that help them hold on to their to their husbands. Right. It wasn't how they're. I mean, it's not saying that they're gonna go walk around just looking like any and everything. That's not what the scripture is saying. To not care about your outer appearance because right. if you don't care about how you look, I mean, that in itself is gonna cause problems because. You know, when he when he met you and chose you, you didn't look like any and everything all thrown away. You looked nice to him. So you want to continue to look nice for your husband. Right. So this is not saying not to care about the way you look. But this is saying your attention should not solely be focused on the outer mm -hmm. part of you. The inside of you is what's going to shine through. So if you're ugly on the inside, it doesn't matter how much you beautify the outside. He has to live with you with this attitude. Yeah. And that right there <clears throat> will make you be repulsive. Absolutely. I don't care if you got on the best outfit ever. You can have your breasts hanging all out, your butt and everything else. If he if your attitude is is messed up, mm -hmm. he ain't he he don't care. He's not he's not focused on, on how you look. <laughs> right. He he's tuning that out in his mind. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, come on, let's get real here. Um, your outer appearance doesn't really makes you. It's the inner work that is. And, and, and that's look, what these women were doing. These 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 uh, holy women of old. You know, they allowed <coughs> their submission to their husbands to shine. Because look at Sarah. Perfect example of it. Mm -hmm. She's the. If you really look at it, Sarah was the first ever to really bring in true biblical submission because if the if, if you read from the old testament that she even though that she did try to get abraham to bring uh isaac uh bring the the, the uh a uh, child god said it was in through her remember she was she didn't have she was barren for years in old age, they able to get a child. But even with that, that tells you that God, that Sarah had to do one, had to do a couple of things. She had one thing. She got to trust God because it says here, she she trusted, she trusted in God. Even when she said Sarah obey Abraham, so she trusts. She submitted to to uh, um, Abraham. Right. So she's actually teaching the women this is what true biblical submission looks like. So for for uh, for women in the body of Christ in the churches in the local body, this is called for them to do this to teach younger women how to be what godly wives. Yeah, because you want to 
you know, remain respectful to him because submitting to your husband will help to not only win him over to eventually it could win him over to the Lord, but it also will help him to stay close to you, keep a close bond with you. Right. Because that close bond between the two of you is what's going to carry your marriage through mm-hmm. for years and years and years until 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 death do you part. Right. Amen. This what's going to help you to stick together. And you know, that's the thing about it. And this is something I have seen. And this here is heart. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking to even talk about it. It's when you go in, you got, you got so many kids, you got your children and you know, y'all spend life together. All of a sudden that the uh, husband, wife is getting divorced because the children left home. They live in their own lives and they decided they want to get a divorce. That's because something was wrong in the marriage all those years. It's just that the children being there was possibly a distraction, uh, a blinder for them to even come to acknowledge that there was a problem between the two of them. So they, you know, <coughs> most likely it was the it was the the mother. She kept all her attention on the kids, right, as a distraction for maybe some issues that was going on between her and her husband or things not being the way she wanted to be in life and so she made all of her um worth and identity be through those kids just like a lot of women do with with working right they want their identity and everything else the way society says they want it all to be you know their their self-worth to be in what type of career they have yeah yeah you know and like and, and back to that you know you know submission is very very clear it could be taught rightly or wrongly the yeah that's true it's i have heard <clears throat> submission even in, in in some churches being taught very very wrong because you'll have situations where women are feeling like they can't say a word to their husband and they're, they're or they're in a situation where they're being badly abused or something's going on and it's it's like he's allowed to do this and she can't say nothing about it. No one will do anything. So no, that's not even biblical it, itself. Right. So yeah, the, it needs to be taught not from what people think it is, but actually what the Bible is saying. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Let's read the Amplify. Okay. Because the Amplify is, whoa. I, 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 even reading it for myself before we, we, uh, we, we came on the air, I was reading the Amplified at least three times <laughs> that particular scripture. This 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 here is so profound. I want my wife I want Tawanda to read this so profound translation. And we're gonna break this down and we're gonna get to the part here that's very critical of what submission really isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay? We want to really get this to the forefront. So go ahead and read that, baby. Okay, Amplified. <clears throat> In verse 1 it says, In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands, which means subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them, and adapt yourselves to them, so that even if any do not obey the word of God, they may be won over, not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives. When they, being the husbands, observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence 
for your husband. Wow. You are to feel for him all the reverent reverence that includes respect, defer to, revere him, which is to honor, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human <clears throat> sense, adore him. That is, admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Wow. Wow. Keep going, here we go. <laughs> Keep going because this is deep. Go ahead, boo. Keep on. Come on. Okay, it says, let not yours be the merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and knotting of the hair, the wearing of jewelry or changes of clothes. But let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit, which is not anxious or wrought up, but is very precious in the sight of God. <laughs> Keep going, boo. Keep going. For it was thus that the pious women of old who hoped in God, they were accustomed to beautifying themselves and were submissive to their husbands by adapting themselves to them as themselves secondary and dependent upon them. It was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her by calling him Lord, which is a master leader authority. And you are now her true daughters if you do right. And you let nothing terrify you, not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties unnerve you. <laughs> Reason why I'm not laughing at the fact, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually laughing at feminism. Because feminism discredit everything you just said just read about because it's steeped in fear do you see what yeah. it says here <clears throat> to let nothing terrify you and yeah. and 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 one thing as a wife mm -hmm. we get afraid we get afraid about a lot of stuff right you know which will you know that right there in itself is is, is a lot of the reasons why a wife will choose not to submit to her husband because right. you know it's like if he's not following God, why am I letting you know following him? Right. Because he's gonna lead us down into a ditch. Right. He's gonna put us in a situation and stuff. It's gonna be real, real bad. You know, it's it's all of the what ifs. You see the fear and the terror that's coming out. You know, uh, fear and homelessness or not being able to eat or the children not being uh, cared for. Just just all kinds of fear. Right. That is that that Satan. Is really doing a number on her. I mean, yes, things are going to happen. Right. Life happens. Right. True enough. Mm -hmm. We have gone through many things. Yes, we have. But like I've said before, <clears throat> in all the stuff we've gone through, God was with us. Amen. I, even when we didn't know how we were going to get out of a situation. We didn't know how something was going to turn out. We didn't know which way to turn. God was there. He provide. He didn't provide in the way that we thought the provision should have came, but he did provide. Yeah. And all it took was for us to trust. And so for the wife, even if her husband is not, she feels like he doesn't make wise decisions about things. It's still no excuse for her to not submit. Yeah. Because she's forgetting one key ingredient there. 
she needs to pray. <laughs> Amen. She needs to be praying for her husband. She needs to be going to pray. She needs to pray about for herself. She needs to pray about the situation before God. Leave yeah. it in God's hands. Yeah. And the husband's going to be responsible whatever decision she he makes. So sometimes you may make decisions that may cause us to have to suffer. Right. It's still not the end of the world even if we have to suffer. It's not. Amen. Because right. in those times, I know for me, even when we had to go through something, it was a very trying time, but it was also a time to humble me. <clears throat> Amen. And, you know, when you, you, you know when, when everything's going good in your life, we don't give enough praise and honor and glory to God. Yeah. You know, and even, you know, we don't pray enough either when everything's great. But when the, let something be going on. All of a sudden now we want to follow our needs and pray. Lord, help us. Mm -hmm. Well, it shouldn't be that way, but that's just how we act. Yeah, that just goes. That just proves in and of itself that we're not perfect. And so, a wife, knowing that none of us are perfect, why are we putting all that pressure on our husbands to live up to an image that we have? Yeah. Instead of instead of trusting Ooh. God with all of this, and so so this being in <laughs> fear that we have as wives is showing that we don't trust God. We're not putting our trust in him. God right. never promised us that after salvation, everything was going to be easy. The fact that we were left here on this earth, we did not die. Okay, so now we're going to have to go through all kinds of stuff because Jesus did. Remember, to be a, uh, to be a Christian, that's a Christ follower. So you're following after Christ. Well, when Jesus was here, he was going through all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to be walking, per se, in his footsteps as a follower, right. we're going to go through stuff, too. Absolutely. We're going to go through things that's going to require us to have to put our faith in God. Amen. To really trust him because, you know, we want to, you know, and I know this is really, um, you know, uh, bad with wives. We want to be able to have a situation in our control. Right. And we don't want the situation to get out of control. And so we'll try everything that we can to keep everything flowing a certain way. <clears throat> right. Because it's it's part of us wanting to feel secure. Right. But, you know, yes, you know, the husband can um, bring about a certain type of security in how he handles things, you know, in his leadership role. Like, would it, would it be in, like money and you know different things like that but even in that that's false security because you know what if he loses his job and it's not his fault and he could have a really great job making six figures you've heard about people losing their jobs yeah yeah i heard you've and heard about things you know yeah. falling under so yeah. you don't know what life is going to bring i mean you know not only just lose a job but what if he gets hurt or gets sick Right, and so, but we don't want to focus on the what ifs because then you know, that's bringing a wife over into a, another area, which we'll be talking about later on in the series about, you know, a wife's role in the home. Right. You know, so we don't want to scare anyone about the what ifs because we have an, enough enough scare taxes with that too. Right. You right. Know, right. When people are questioning why come, 
you know that you know we live in a time where the the, the husband and the wife needs to work that's not biblically um, sound to think that way right and to put that kind of pressure on people that you know everybody need in the home needs to be working right so you know we're going to talk about that later but just just i mean because even we uh talked about you know when we was reading proverbs 31 this woman didn't live in fear right now we heard this in proverbs 31 now we're hearing this again in first peter chapter 3 right okay so wives need to really 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 start wait listening to god here it is not in his will for us to live in fear yeah and you know that's really sad the the world Everywhere you go, let's go back to when a woman wants to look a certain way for her husband, right? Because, you know, see, he's looking at other women everything else. Because she fears she's losing him. That's my point. And, and let's go to another part here we was talking about when a woman fears that she, she dates that her, the, uh, the husband who's not safe is leading them, like you said, leading to the ditches, things like that. Or leading them in the in the wrong path, but if he, if but but it's all is fear base. It's all fear base. So that tells us, and <clears throat> you got to look at Sarah, and the and the and the, uh, and the godly women of old. They didn't have fear. Yeah, you remember that show we used to watch years ago on uh, PBS called Keeping Up Appearances. Yeah, you remember how the <laughs> wife used to act in that? Oh my gosh, she she was a character. <laughs> she used to really get on her husband's nerves because she was so afraid of what the neighbors and everybody else thought of them. So she would always try to do stuff to try to keep them looking a certain way. But you know, inside of their home, you know, right. they, they had a mess up situation because remember they had the son in college and he was always calling and begging the father for more money and right. you know so she was trying to have these little like tea parties and stuff and trying to get all of the distinguished dignitaries and everybody to come over and she would talk and act a certain way and then they had, remember the uh the in-laws i think it was her the brother or the sister of somebody it's just, it was her it was her sister and her husband right and they and they were like really they were really totally different world <laughs> right very i mean she was so embarrassed because they were just like very common you know he was wearing a t-shirt you know and and, and um just just yeah, he loved to drink ragged, beer. Yeah, yeah, sitting around drink beer. You know, his stomach's hanging all out, and then the wipes. <laughs> oh my God, she's wearing skimpy clothes. And yeah, like that. and so their families, and then the place <clears throat> that they lived, that she was so embarrassed, and when they would come around in their raggedy car. So yeah, so she was trying to keep up these appearances for other people. You know, mm-hmm. their neighbors and other people outside, and so it's like. That's what a wife tries to do, keep up these appearances for their family members and friends and people around them. And so then when it's not, you know, things aren't being carried out that way, she starts acting in fear. That's sad. But that's not the audience that she needs to be concerned about. She needs to be concerned about the audience of God. Yeah. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven. heaven. Yeah. Keep up with what God's had to say and, and obey and listen to Him instead of trying to keep up with the world. I have to say, yeah, because that, once this once her life in this world is over, you got to go before God, right? And that and and so where is everybody else that she was trying to keep up with and impress? Where are they going to be? At? They're not going to care, right? And they're not going to be there with her to explain. Well, you know, um, she it, she was good in society. Yeah, where she was doing this, she was doing that. But when God's dealing with her behavior. 
I mean, she can't use any of that as an excuse. He's gonna, he's just not gonna. He's it's not, not gonna he, fly with him. Yeah, no, it's not gonna fly with him because he, God Himself, is not going to allow you if you really look at it, take to get people to to, uh, to try to get people to take your responsibility. Because that's what happens in the garden with God, God with before Adam and Eve. He asked Adam, Adam wanna blame Eve, Eve wanna blame the serpent, and God looked at both the Eve God told, since you wanna to listen to your wife and disobey me, then he, he gave he gave the punishment. This here is proof that you cannot do this and and get away with it when it comes from God. You got to go before him and do his will, because if you don't, you will we hold responsible no matter if you are and not with God. That's with men and women. But we do need to really, I want to read this here in First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. And this is for the husbands and this is very powerful. And I'm going to read both the King James and Amplified. Then we want to jump into the part about for us you know, what submission is not. And this here, I'm going to read this. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. And the King James says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Let's read this in the Amplified. <clears throat> in the same way, you husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way with great gentleness and tact and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship as with someone physically weaker since she is a woman. So her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers would not be hindered or ineffective. The reason why I'm going to read this part here because it's something very, 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 very direct what God's saying to us husbands. You notice that God did not talk about husbands who are not who are not saved either on this. But if you read the word, it is talking about saved uh, men and women. But in the same time, us say husbands. We do need to live and dwell with our wives with knowledge and understanding according to God in an understanding way with gentle, with great gentleness and tact with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship. Meaning, in other words, that we as husbands will have to walk and understand that our wife is not she could be appear to be strong, but she would still need you. Mm-hmm. She could be, um, she will need you regardless because not only is, it's not saying that she's weak. She's a weaker vessel. Keyword vessel means that she probably don't have all the physical, mainly not a mental or emotional embrace. But for you as a husband, you are called to protect her through all that. Yeah, I know that there are some things that, of, of course, you know, physically, you're always going to be stronger than me. That's just obvious. Right. You know, there's just some things I can't pick up 
that you can pick up, you know, without hurting my back and some things I cannot open without it, you know, mm -hmm. really causing strain to my wrist and things like that. <coughs> right. But even sp speaking on a uh, mental and emotional uh, sense is that, you know, sometimes the way I, you know, when something happens, mm -hmm. sometimes I can't take it as well as you can. You, I mean... Yes, it bothers you, and you may not show that it bothers you, right. but that doesn't mean, I mean, even when you don't show it bothers you, it doesn't mean that you're not bothered. You, you, you taught me that, you know. It's just that you're not showing it in the way that I'm showing it. Right. And sometimes, um, I know we have situations sometimes, you know, if it looks like we're not able to um, pay for something. Right. Right. You know, because it's like, uh, so the money's not there, the resources is not there, and you're just like, no, we're we're just gonna trust God, and I'm just looking like, okay, but you know, we have this date coming up here, yeah. and you know, there's no way there there's <laughs> any money coming through that we know of because you're not getting paid anytime soon, <laughs> and you're like, we're gonna be fine, and you know what? Every time you said that. <laughs> It was fine. Yeah. There was nothing to even worry about. But so and that's an example of, you know, me is just showing that, you know, sometimes I can feel, you know, feel a certain way about something and you are displaying a, a sense of strength. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, because I mean, yes, we have to, you know, exercise our faith and trust God. Right, absolutely. That's well, true. let me use another example. Yeah. Let's just say, um, Maybe someone said something hurtful. Right. And it was derogatory towards the both of us. Sometimes it can really weigh down on me. Really, really, just really, really bad. It can hurt. It can hit me in a way that it's just like I feel like my whole world's falling apart. Where with you, you may be able to brush it off a little bit better. I mean, it, 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 it didn't go over so well with you. It may have hurt you too, but you're able to brush it off mm -hmm. better than I can. And then when I come in and you see if that's where court to first period three seven, and this is something that I have learned and God and through older men who did this very well made so profound is when I see you like that that you you know not take it very well um if you know the same situation I probably did brush it off but you didn't well for me I had to understand you why you couldn't do that it is probably. Uh, a part of you that you can't comprehend why and for as a husband and this is very part of first period of three verse seven is very profound for husbands to do is to understand your wives it did not understand understand women is it understand your wife in a understanding way why great gentleness and tact with a intelligent regard for the marriage relationship it's your relationship between each other it's the ministry that God has you and and your wife or, you know, the vice versa to be abound. Because that right there, you being hurt, it hurts me more to see you hurt. Because Yeah, I remember you were saying that, you know, that it, it hurts you to see me hurt. Mm -hmm. But even still, it was like you don't react like I would react. I know like sometimes, you know, with me being a um, stay-at-home 
wife and mom, mm-hmm. you know, other women can be so cruel and hurtful at times because they look down on you when you make a choice like that. Like, this is not right. in the old times and stuff like that. Why would you choose to do something like that, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes they're saying that purely out of just, just being judgmental. And then other times that maybe they are questioning their decisions and so right. they're trying to make you feel bad to get the focus off of <coughs> of them feeling that way about themselves which is being some of them probably get convicted right but then you would come in you know and this is you being um you know me being weaker and you being stronger you would come in and, t- and it reassured me baby there's nothing wrong with what you're doing you are you are doing exactly what god called you to do exactly and remember you and i we made this decision together and so that's what matters most is that we are both in agreement with God about this. And if other people can't understand that, then that's just too bad. Well, see, I need that. I, I need for you, you know, to, to show me that, that uh, strength in that way because it, was, it helped lift me back up <coughs> right. out of that pit that I was about to fall into. Amen. And that's what you need to do because um, that's what I call as a husband to do. God called us husbands to protect our, our, our wives, to protect them. This goes back to the part here, so her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Yeah, because a wife's going to need not only physical um, you know, protection, but she's going to need mental and spiritual protection too. Yeah. And a husband can't provide that through allowing the Holy Spirit to show him Absolutely. how he can help his wife. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I love when I got saved and when God showed me what my role was. You know, we're going to talk about roles in our next broadcast, and it's going to be very profound with that. When God showed me that in a the in his word, what it looks like, he was showing me not the phys- all physical. He did. It was part of it, like you just said, but it was mental, emotional, and spiritual. Especially spiritual. The spiritual aspect of that, of protecting your spouse, especially your wife, is that all of the things that the people said that are spiritual, that is not biblical according to his word. Mm-hmm. Remember it says in, um, in, in Timothy or Ties, I can't remember which one, that it says that you need to go back and ask your husband these spiritual matters, not in the church, but in in, in, oh, that was in Corinthians. Corinthians, I'm sorry. It was in Corinthians. Yeah, we talked about that last week. I'm sorry. But it says that. And it was very direct that the husband has to, it's, it's got to be that the husband was a spiritual aligned with God to protect his wife from the the craziness of worldly the uh, 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 input. So for the husband to be connected to his wife in an understanding way, and to love her, knowing that she is weak vessel, and, and knowing that she needs him to protect her, that's every aspect of life. That's where you look at both of you guys are heirs. And and the, the powerful thing about it, especially for us husbands, so your presence will not be hindered. Thinking about this as 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 a, as a, as, a, as, a, as a child of God, you don't want your presence to be hindered coming from God. You and God are supposed to be talking every day through prayer. You live in frustration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that is really crazy. i seen this, and I remember for a fact when I thought my prayers wasn't being answered when I come to the Lord. I remember with the time, and this is when I got, this is what I was saying, people. I'm, I have to say this. When I was 
Yeah, I'm I'm safe still. I'm just saying when <laughs> it's that when I thought my prayers was not getting answered. But come to find out that it wasn't because of being answered. It was because God had his timing of when to answer your prayer. And when he answered my prayer about a certain situation, I remember when I was about to really get frustrated with God. And I had to go to, I had went, and I went to, to, uh, to really come to uh, 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 my wife. And I was telling Tawana, I said, did I do something wrong? Because I remember, I, <laughs> I remember I asked her that. I said, did I do something wrong? Uh, did I do anything wrong to hurt you? Did and she's like, well, no. And, and of course, she did. she had to explain this to me because you know, I was a baby in Christ. You know, when you don't know, know read your Bible long enough, and I was a baby in Christ. As a sister of Christ, she she showed me something, and she she showed me um, that you know, it's in due time you doing things according to God's word, and that's really goes back to the part when. I think you were kind of gravitating back towards, you know, when you were living a life of sin mm -hmm. and, you know, whenever things would happen. So you were like questioning yourself at that point, you know, even though you were saved, you were like, well, did I do anything wrong? It was like a constant thing that you were struggling with for a while of thinking that when things didn't, when, when you felt like a, a prayer hadn't been answered, you felt like, well, I must be doing something wrong to anger God. And so when I kept seeing you do that, you know, time, time again, I was, you know, finally able to be helpful in, in, in letting you know that, you know, well, you know, things happen in God's timing. It's not it's not always going to be about you did something wrong. Right. Which that's a really great you did it. That goes back to you being my help me. And because they're going to be consequences <coughs> for sin or whatever. But um, you can't always look at everything like that. Yeah, that's true. And, and you have to be very aware. It's not that you are in sin every single time when things don't go the way that you think. Right. Wise, think about this. Every day that you go in life, God wants to make sure that you are protected. But your husband is the one that's going to help you if he's in God's will. Now, for a wise that deal with, I'll say, hu husband. God, he, he can even an unsaved husband mm -hmm. can be doing things to protect the wife. That's my point. She my just point. she just doesn't see it that way because you know, like we were reading earlier up in the scripture, mm -hmm. you know, um, we had read the part about how she can look at other men and how they are, you know, how they are men of God, and then she'll start to look at her husband in a way that's not right, mm -hmm. which will carry over in her attitude towards him. Right. And so then she'll like not appreciate all the good things about her husband. Right. The right. things that she can be thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I want to go back. I want to talk about in this this regard about what submission is not. And the main reason why is because it's so many. <clears throat> when I read this the first time, I had to read the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth time. Because when you said here... It's spot on. And the main reason why it's spot on because people want to make submission so bad or submit to your husband as a bad thing. And then you we just talked about just a minute ago. Feminism. Those, yeah, right. Feminism is behind all of this. Yeah. And, and, and you know, 
the, the fear and the terror that wives feel. Feminism is the culprit of it. Feminism will have, I mean, it's so bad now the way women act. They just, they're like men. <laughs> And it's it, and it's like it's so unattractive wow. to the men, the I, way these women act, and they're training these little girls to act like this, all this woman power stuff and all of that. It is it's not it's not beautiful. It's not womanly at all. You know they don't even understand what they're doing. That's one of the things that I so many single guys, like like our son, and I would go to the barbershop when he get a haircut. These guys look petrified. And you look at them like, oh, Lord, hear them talk and talking about the fact, where is the women at? And they, they know, you hear women talk about, well, where's good men at? Where are the good men at? But that is not, but the, when you hear a man and you can see the terror in their eyes that I won't be living for the rest of my life as a single man. A lot of men, and that's something I told you this I think, about a week or so ago. A lot of men don't want to be single the rest of their lives. They want to have something to carry on as a legacy. And when you have <clears throat> women living in this fantasy world of, of feminism, and they look at submission as something like slavery. Submission slavery is not even, even corresponding to one another. At all, but and, but the, but the point is that that's how they are. Like you said, back to the fear factor. Mm -hmm. Well, you talk about fear. Um, that's when when I mean, we see single men. Even our own son asks questions, and Lord have mercy. And he's twenty. He asks lots of questions. He said, "Where are the real women?" At? And it's, it's women don't want to be women no more. You know, all this stuff with the gender equality and the people confused about what they were born to be and all this. It's, 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 it's craziness, yeah. you know, and it's like when we read in the scripture and it talks about the woman being the weaker vessel, women don't want to be that. Yeah, they want to be the stronger vessel. But the, but the, the scripture is not saying that women are weak, like, like helpless in a sense i mean because come on if we can have if we can be able to have babies being i mean men can't go through life they, <laughs> you, you guys would not be you told me you guys would not be able to handle that type of pain no so that in itself we you know shows we have strength but yeah. but we're talking about the fact that women are just they are just not content with being feminine they want to be. They want to be everything but feminine. You know the way the Bible talks about what a woman, what a lady is. They don't. They just. They just. They just don't want to have anything to do with that. Yeah. Because of what people are going to say. But we are talking about people here in society that are hostile towards God. Yeah. And now the church is being infiltrated with this nonsense. Yeah. And women are embracing it. And then you got the pastors in the pulpit. They are afraid to be bold with the word of God. Preaching it the way it, way it actually is. Because they're afraid of their of losing their audience. Which is mostly filled with women. Yeah. and The church is so <laughs> feminine. I mean so, I mean, so feminist. It's, it's just like everything <clears throat> out here in the culture has has crept its way up into the church mm -hmm. you got the women in the church the church is full of feminists 
And it's sad. Yeah. It is so sad. We're supposed to be the light, the salt and the light. Yeah. Not like the world, be the salt and the light. We're supposed to be showing them the way it's done. And we can't figure out how to do it right. I know. Why? Because we've gotten so far away from the word. Everybody's coming up mm-hmm. with this special revelation knowledge and all these things. Right. Like, like, okay, what is in the Bible, what God has already established in his word is not good enough. We just need to just read it and submit to it. No, that's not good enough. We got to come up with new special revelation knowledge. Yeah. Remember, they're saying that this is old. This is, this is, this is not... The, for this time and we need well to, then if it's if it's old then god is old yeah he's try. god is old and outdated if that's the case that's what they're saying and it's society they try to mitigate mitigate god to be something that is not worthy of understanding him and that right there is the problem well it sounds like everybody has their own they have created their own the their god uh that in their own mind that they submit to their mm-hmm. god not the true God, but their form of what God is. Which that leads to what you have in a lot of problems with a lot of women today, and including men, because it's a male feminist. And I'm going to talk about that in a few seconds. About yeah, it. and they're the ones, you know, the, the women are starting to love this message Bible. And the men who are feminine, you know, they act feminine, they like the message Bible too. But the message Bible itself was based upon somebody's opinion. Thank you. I'm glad it's not you even that. it's not even <clears throat> actual bona fide translation. That's why you know that's one of the things that. Black I mean, when are. I was re- when I when I <laughs> when I get the message Bible online and I put it up against the other translation, it makes no sense whatsoever. It takes it just takes the stuff way out of context. It's like wow, really? Yeah. Like it sounds like the the garbage that people talk today. Yeah. It does. The foundation of it is just messed up. And the person who wrote the, the message Bible is a guy who trying to bring the Bible to to the modern day uh, postmodernism. But he didn't it. do a very good job. No, he didn't because because if you read his background, this guy is a flaky Christian himself. But I digress. and he tried to, and and he um if you notice when you're reading. I mean, because people have to really carefully read it up against the other translations, especially, you know, um, a lot of the scriptures when it was put in a paragraph like that. It sounds like he's telling a story. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily, the, the, even the roles of men and women, it's, this, it's, 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 it's like you almost can't tell. Who's being talked about there? Mm-hmm. It could go either way. It's more. It's, it's gender not even, fluent. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's for this time. Yeah, it's more gender fluent, and you, that's a huge problem. We will talk about that. If on a broadcast. pastor, if, yeah. a, if a pastor is using the Message Bible we from the pulpit, that is not the church to be in. No, no, you're right. Because he I, has I, missed it. He He's missed it somewhere. And there's a lot of churches, and these huge mega churches now are using the Message Bible. Yeah, but who's the pastor? Is it a woman or a man? Both. In some cases, usually be a woman. Usually be a and woman. And that's the reason why come women are not not called to preach. To preach. But yeah. you, I mean, you would wonder I know that uh, I I've heard people talk about this, but a lot of these women who do teach and preach, mm-hmm. you know, mixed congregations of people, <laughs> they're not reading those scriptures in the Bible. They don't even teach those scriptures in the Bible 
Mm-hmm. It's like they teach everything else, but they don't bring those up. Yeah, I noticed that. They never talk about. You don't hear them talking about the roles of the husband of the and wife. wife. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they may talk about Ephesians, but you don't hear them talk about the other scriptures like what we've been discussing. Right. And yeah. it's like, why? Because if they looked at those scriptures in its context, then they would see that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're not focusing on that. And also, and here's another one I know is. That's this, why I stopped reading a lot of uh, the books and even Bible studies and stuff. Right. Unless the Bible study is just strictly on the books of the Bible itself. Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even touch them because a lot of these the stuff that that women are out here teaching mm-hmm. it's it's not biblical. But, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's almost it's according to a statistic and it was from um, uh, uh, Christian um, Christian worldview.com.net uh, dot dot um, which was a friend of ours we know who did that website 95% of Bible studies now that doesn't it, 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 that that have exclusive the the Bible entirely are written by, by women men but are they teaching biblical womanhood Nope. Why are they leaving those parts out? Why they want to talk about how to be more holy, how to have more of God and all these things, but they don't talk about biblical womanhood. Because that right there in itself, women don't even know how to be a biblical woman. They True. try, just like you said, they want to look for a good man. So they're trying to look for a good man. So they're saying that they're a good woman, but where is the godly woman? Right, cause good. That's that's a worldly thing. That's a worldly thing. And see, when we, they did the when he did the um, did the st- uh, statistics of this, when he actually it took him three years to really f- pull all this out. And when I read in his website, it, it, I, it was astonishing because when I saw it, he said they don't talk about those, those three areas. They don't talk about submission. They don't talk about biblical womanhood. Which is like you know what in in, in, in uh, Timothy and Titus, and then I talk about the roles of of a husband and wife. They don't because they would have to face themselves themselves and what they're doing mm-hmm. up against scripture. And that's why it, it, that's where the bottom line is is that it's kind of like when um a lot of these false preachers and teachers are not they don't you don't hear them um. You know, cover the book of Jude. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I know I did. It'll, it'll bust. Them, it'll bust them out. It'll bust them all the way to the to the core because if they you, don't teach extensively. A lot of them don't even bring it up. I know. And the book of Jude is just one book. It's just one chapter, right? One long. It's a letter. One letter. It's just one chapter. It's one chapter. The shortest book in the Bible. But there's most one of the most powerful ones. Because it is, it's very relevant to the day and time we live in. Absolutely. And that's why I um, I question pastors. If you don't have, if you don't cover the Bible according to the Bible, you are not really teaching and preaching according to what God has called you to do. And I'm not trying to put that because, standard because in Because the book of Jude does not, 
it's not part of the naming and the claiming and make you feel good. Right. It's and, not. And it's, and it's not about prosperity and all of that stuff. Or to, to have a, I mean, a revelation knowledge and right. stuff. It's a book that it, it really gets you thinking mm -hmm. yeah. about you know, what is going on yeah. in our culture and our times. Yeah. And how far away we are from God. Amen. 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 I want you to go ahead because this is going to be profound. We already cover a lot of stuff here about what some about submission. I want you to d go into what submission is not. Okay, because yeah, this is very important to to make this clear. Um, you know, because there's a lot of confusion about what true biblical submission is. So we're going to talk about what it is not, yes. so it will clear up some of that. Amen. Um, so. Let me um, give some definitions here. I did look up some words here from you know the, um, from the King James Version of First uh, Peter chapter three verses mm -hmm. one through six. Right. And I'm going to pull some words here that I went to the Strong Concordance and I got the uh, definitions for them. Mm -hmm. So the first one um, in the Strong Concordance is the word subjection, which is in the in uh, verse one. Mm-hmm. When it talks about like ye likewise ye wives be in subjection to your own husband. So subjection in this verse is the word hupotasso, which means to be or rank under or obey. That's something a lot of wives don't want to associate with submitting to their husbands is obeying them, but this is this is the Bible. And so this is the Greek number uh Five two nine three is the word hupotasso. Um, it means to be or rank under, obey. The next word, which is um, in the same verse, verse one, which is it says obey not. This is the Greek number five four four. It's the word. Let me see. It's apatheo. I'm not sure if that's how you say that, and it means to not believe. Or willfully and perversely be disobedient, unbelieving. So that's what obey not means there. The next word, which is in also in verse 1, is be one. And it is the Greek number 2770. It is the word cardano, which means to gain, acquire, or win. And also um, the word conversation, which is in the Greek number 391, is the word anastrophe. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It means behavior or conduct. Now in verse 2, we have the word behold, which is the Greek number 2029. It is the word epoteo, which means inspect watch, look upon, be an eyewitness. Right. <clears throat> the next word we have is chase, which is the Greek number 53, and that's the word hagnos, which yeah. means innocent, modest, perfect, like clean, pure, holy. Mm -hmm. Then we have the next word, which is fear, which G, uh, this is a Greek um, number 
5401. This is the word phobos, which means alarm or fright. You know the word panic, pho- flight, terror. You know phobos is coming from a phobia. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so when it talks about um, while they behold your chase conversation coupled with fear, that's what that's talking about. Amen. Amen. Then we have the word adorning, which that's in verse 3 when it talks about who's adorning, let it not be your outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair and mm-hmm. wearing of gold and putting on of apparel. Right. So adorning would be in this um, scripture is uh, in the Greek number 2889. And this is the word cosmos, which means orderly arrangement world. Mm. The next word is hidden, which is in the Greek number 2927. That's the word Kruptos, Kruptos, yes. Which means concealed, private, secret. Mm-hmm. Then we have the word not corruptible, which is the Greek number 862. And this is the word Athrotos. Athrotos. Which the- means undecaying, imperishable, indestructible. Right. We have the word meek, which is the Greek number 4239. The word pros, which means mild, gentle, humble. Amen. The word quiet comes from the Greek number 2272. The word uh, has, has two, I don't know how to spell it. I think it has two right there. It's right. It means still, which is undisturbed, tranquil, peaceful. Mm. Then we have the word spirit, which is the Greek number 4151. The word... Uh, Numa, 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 something like that, and it means mental disposition. Mm. And then we have the word of great price, which is the Greek number four one eight five. The word polutilis, which mm. means very precious, very costly, great value. Right. We have the word manner, which is the Greek number three seven seven nine. The word huto, which means in this way like or after that amen and then uh finally we have the word amazement the greek number four four two three that's the word uh tosis or something like that yeah it means alarm excitement dismay Mm. so um those are some of the words that i looked up in this scripture to kind of get a example of you know what those words were meaning Right, when you come to, 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 to you know to help to understand better. So now let's look at um, you know submission in itself. Um, we must not make the mistake of carrying the text on submission beyond its true limits. Mm-hmm. In God's word, you do not see God the Father asking the wife to do any of these following things. Okay, so. baby, just go ahead and lay this groundwork because some people. Or probably one know. So tell me. So <laughs> go ahead, baby. Or but 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 yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so submission. Um, this is what the, the God is not saying that submission means a wife can never open her mouth. Period. Mm-hmm. If you thought that's what submission means that a wife can't say anything, that's a lie. That's that's not biblical. That mm-hmm. is not what God is asking a wife to do to never say to never open her mouth to say anything. Right. Another thing, submission does not mean that she can never have an opinion. Of course, she has an opinion. Oh yeah, baby, you you. <laughs> she, she wouldn't be human if she didn't have an opinion. Every man and every woman will have an opinion. 
Yeah, she had an opinion when mm-hmm. she chose who she's gonna who she's gonna uh, say yes to marry. Absolutely. Okay, so yes, she has an opinion. Thank you. Submission does not mean a wife can never disagree with the decision her husband is considering. It Thank you. It doesn't mean that either. Because every day, not just us, but every day all over the world who are married, literally married, they gonna have disagreements. Right. Every marriage have this. Hey, is you have a disagreement of what kind of Christmas tree you want to buy, or what kind of house you want to live, or what kind of car color do you want, or what kind of car, or what kind of place to stay, whatever. It's gonna be a disagreement no matter what because you got you two different people. You're not yeah. gonna agree on each other on everything. Yeah, you may not like the same sandwich. Yeah. So no, let's let's not get that twisted here. That's Amen. not. What's going on? Okay, submission also does not mean that a wife can never um, lovingly warn her husband if it appears that he's about to make a wrong decision. Right. I am so glad that uh, I, I want to say this that statement is very very profound. Um, and she, you know, my wife made this clear here as well. She may not agree with the husband. She still have to watch how she approach him him and with what attitude is done in remember she must be respectful kind and gentle because scripture said this in the way a christian wife is to be and this is so profound of how we do things here my wife um when i do make a decision and i and I, beforehand, when I was not saved, I never really bring her um, any uh, feedback or ask her any day about decisions about the man. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But now, as a as a as a, as a safe husband, I ask her her opinion, her feedback, and you know we talk it through. And if my decision, I think about something is not right, she will let me know. She will say, "Well." Um, she said, "Well, Cleveland, um, this—I don't think this is a good thing to do." But she always said, "Let's pray about it." That's one thing I love about her. We always pray about it. Well, I ask you, well, have you prayed about it? Yeah, you do, and and that's one thing I love about her. Which she do, do ask me that question. Do you pray? Do you pray about that? Do you ask God about that question? And that's one thing that's really wonderful to have. But I don't. I don't say it in a way that you need to go pray to God about that. I'll ask you. Say, well, what did you go to God and pray and ask Him about it? What, <clears throat> what did He tell you? Right. I'll say it like that. And you know, because what? that's respectful. That's respectful, not only towards me but to God. And because you now you ask the Lord to come in and say, Lord, what do you think about this matter? Yeah. And see, that's really a very good thing to have in a marriage because bring God into everything you do makes your marriage a little bit more easier to work with. Even though you got all these things going against it, you got God in it. Well, it's better for her to do that than to come across as, well, I know you never listen to God anyway, and you just do whatever you want to do. And see, that's not going to mess stuff up between him and her. And God's like, well, (laughs) you were on your own on that one. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you to approach that man that way. Yeah, but see, that's why it's very important that... um, God never told the wife that she cannot express her opinion to her to to her husband. Never. She all you know God. That's true submission. Do want to warn the husband what's going on? Because I mean, if you think about it, he is your heir. 
Yeah, and they both have a way of seeing the situation. And so, you know, both sides, it's good for both sides to be heard. But still, at the end of the day, the wife still has to understand that even when she has respectfully um, shared her opinion on the matter, she has to still understand that after even after she's talked to him, if her husband still decides to go the way he he thinks is the best way to go, she has to accept his decision as the, as the final decision because he is the the head of the household. Yeah, yeah. And she may not like his decision, but that's where she's supposed to be leaving all of that in God's hands. Yeah. Because she don't want to be getting in trouble with God. Amen. You don't want to get God it. God God knows everything. And so if God already knew that the husband was going to make this decision, God knows what the outcome is going to be. Amen. And it's up to her to trust God through the through the matter whatever comes. Amen. This is not about her trying to impress other people and trying to um you know, control the situation. This is about her trust in God. Yeah. Cuz that's going to go a long way. Right. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Girl, this is wonderful. Keep going, keep going. Okay, so submission does not mean that she, the wife, accepts physical, verbal, or mental abuse as being God's will. A wife is not a to be a punching bag, a doormat, or even steal, lie, cheat, or commit acts of adultery, or do anything else for her husband that God's word commands the believer not to do. Amen. Remember, Colossians three eighteen says. That a wife, that wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. So it has to be fitting in the Lord. Amen. You don't, you don't do something that's not fitting in the Lord. Yeah. That's not submission. <clears throat> that's not biblical submission. Right. And see, one of the things I want to uh, tie in with a little bit with that is that when you are, when your husband doing something like that, that's going against God's will, and he claimed to be a Christian, he's not one. That's I'm gonna make that clear because remember, let's go back to what we said about the fruit. If he really is saved, he will not allow the fall to have his wife commit any acts of sin against God. He will remember we go back to the part we just talked about just 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 a few minutes ago. If he's really loving and understanding his wife, he will be protecting her from those acts of going against God as well. So yeah, so it's very 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 important. To really resonate on the fact that God comes first. And if he's really truly believes in God and loves the Lord and walks his way, he will not allow her to go and commit any kinds of acts of sin. Now, if she makes a decision on her own, God will deal with her with that. Continue, boo-boo. Submission uh, does not mean just suffering passively for the Lord's sake. That's not biblically sound. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 in King James Version says, It is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. So if you're suffering, it should be you're suffering for righteous sake, not because of evil, you know, doing evil. Right, right. So you don't suffer passively for the Lord's sake. Right. You know, Amen. you got to keep everything in its proper perspective according to Scripture. And Scripture lays out, you know, just like in Matthew, when it talks about, you know, you know if you have to uh, confront a sin, mm -hmm. you know, that, um, that, that your brother doesn't, you know, when your brother is sinning against you, there are steps and ways that you need to t uh, 
things that you need to carry that out. And so you want to make sure that <clears throat> what you're doing is um, proper is 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 uh, you know going it's going according to scripture. Right. So and scripture does not tell you to. You know, sit by and suffer passively. You don't say anything or do anything. So right. And submission also it does not mean being afraid of doing the right thing. That is not biblically sound either. And this is something very very profound. When you said that, baby, it means not being afraid to doing the right thing. A lot of people will try to twist that. And I'm glad you brought this up about that. I'm going to chime in a little bit with that because I read that and I see so many people say, I'm doing the right thing to be the Holy Spirit to my husband. Well, when I wrote that, I was what I was saying is that, um, like, for instance, you know, when we're talking about how some even falsely in, in, in church, they may falsely um, teach submission to, to me in and everything where you'll have situations where maybe a wife um, has a husband, maybe he committed a criminal act mm -hmm. and she needs to tell the proper authorities about that. Right. You know, if you, if you notice, if, if you, um, know that someone is doing something criminal and, and you don't, don't, you don't tell the uh, police or proper authorities, what do they call that? You get accessory. Exactly. And so you don't want to be putting a wife in a situation where she's an accessory to a crime that she never even known in a notch about until she was brought upon about it. And that right there. But if she knows he did it and she says nothing, that, what that, does the law do? They will arrest her too. They will say that she was the, um, she was accessory to the crime that he committed. Even though he could be the mastermind and he did all of it. She knew the, she was, she knew the knowledge of it. Exactly. Like if he, like, um, he robbed someone, <coughs> mm -hmm. he murdered someone, mm -hmm. or what if it was, a, God forbid, if it was a situation like, um, the children, uh, were being molested right. in the home and she was not saying anything. Yeah, so many stories. Well, that's uh, not uh, biblically sound for a Christian wife to just sit by passively and not say or do anything. Mm -hmm. It's just not right, according to God. Exactly. All for the sake of being submissive. So if a husband is trying to force his and guilt his wife into submission by her not saying or doing anything when he's doing something wrong, that's not right. Right. That's right. It's just like, you know, us here, you know, in, 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 in the world, in society, you know, of course, the Bible says that we should submit to all government authorities, right? So if you go out there and you do something and you know it's wrong, but you're trying to say, but I'm of God. And right. you're trying to give yourself an excuse and an outing to not obey the law. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. wrong. So a wife not obeying God mm. because her husband is saying, you must do whatever I say, you must submit because the Bible says, see, that's wrong. Right. She has to, uh, God is the authority over him. Mm -hmm. Remember we read that in Corinthians. Yes, yeah, right, right, right. That right. Jesus is the head of every man. Mm -hmm. Every man. Every man. And that means. Because God is the head of him. Right. And let me, let me reiterate that because I had some people ask that question. What does that mean with every man? In the, in the, in the eyes of the Lord. It doesn't. It, it it did not say every man as every man on earth. It's it really means every man that is in him. And if you really look at it, 
Because if you think about a person who's an atheist, they will say, well, how in the world, you know, this is a person who asked that question. They say, how again, God could be on every male that who don't even believe that he exists? I said, well, think about it in the way of Adam. Adam was not saved. God made Adam, right? So for Adam to be, uh, to be not saved, God made him. He was still under God. But when he sinned, he was out of God. So for that reason, God was saying in, in Scripture, what Paul was saying, is the one who submit themselves to God. Right? Those are the ones that God is over. Christ is over. That they put their allegiance to Christ over. So that's the real being. But um, before we close, um, I want um, let's continue on here. Go ahead, baby. Um, um, I want to, to go ahead and tie on a little bit more on this here. Oh, that was all I had on that one. I think that you wanted to talk about the other thing about marriage. Right. Um, I wanted to talk about this one more thing here. And um, I think it was uh, some questions I had asked about certain types of marriages. Yes, yes. Let's do this. Um, and we're gonna uh, not. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna. This is certain questions, and we're also gonna carry this to the next week as well. I want you to go ahead. This I want. This is about a particular worldly marriage. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that particular worldly marriage, which is homosexual marriage. Yeah, my question was, how can homosexual, quote-unquote, marriage be God's will? Mm -hmm. Of all the scriptures in the Bible, there is nothing there. There's no examples of other couples like them fitting God's described way of marriage. They, they you know, you can't find this kind of marriage represented anywhere in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So what we have with a quote-unquote, homosexual marriage, which those don't even go together in scripture. It's like oxymoron. Right. <laughs> you know, so this right here is totally man-made. Amen. This Amen. Is, so when I see people who claim to be Christians and they're in these types of relationships, yeah. the, the thought in my mind is, okay, where did you get that? That's not even in the Bible. That's not in the <laughs> Bible. You're calling yourself a Christian and you are in a homosexual marriage. That doesn't go together anywhere in scripture. There's no examples of couples that were like that. There's just, where did you get this from? It's just like totally made up yeah. from the world. It's, it's not something that God established in or, and he didn't ordain it or anything. You got people in the church marrying these people. Yeah. Something that's man-made, not God-made, man-made. Yeah. And so when we're looking at all of these scriptures that we have read today, when you sit here and think about this, what, okay, like, the, here's some ways that you know this is, that, that that kind of marriage don't fit. Because, you know, mar you know God created marriage with a purpose in mind. Mm -hmm. And it's to glorify him. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's why come he gave the man and the woman roles. Now, think about this. Why would another woman... Married to another woman want to be in subjection, which is submission, to this other woman. Like a woman would be to a man. Right. See, they don't do that in those marriages. Same. Those two women, because both of them, they're on an equal scale. 
So that that kind of marriage can't glorify God. Mm-hmm. Same thing even even think about the scriptures in Ephesians chapter five. Yeah. They can't fit themselves in there. You know, Christ and the church. Right. That kind of marriage, they can't have that. Yeah. You know, the church is supposed to be in total submission mm-hmm. to to uh, Christ. Right. And two men cannot. Who's the headship? Yeah, we're gonna talk about that too. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like my. I'm just like <laughs> in my mind. I can't wrap my mind around. It's like they're missing something here when they justify that God honors their marriage. It's like they are really literally missing something. Right. And they don't understand it. Right. They haven't really like thought that through. Even when they try to go make these new Bibles with the translations to fit into their lifestyle and, you know, whatever, so they can feel better. Even going back to your, the original context of the whole thing, it just doesn't fit in with God's plan and his purpose. It just does. It's just it's totally going against it. Yeah. You just can't fit that in there. And so, um, like I said, I don't know of any two women being in a relationship like that where someone wants to be under you know, in subjection under the other one. Right. They don't. That's not going to happen. And uh, what? But any even if so, what purpose would it serve? It doesn't serve a purpose. No, it don't. It don't serve a purpose at all because it's almost like they are. The more you you see how they're taking the scriptures out of content and trying to employ, uh, trying to take the sanctity of marriage as was biblical fitting according to God, they telling God that he got marriage wrong. This but is he's the, the one <clears throat> that, that that designed marriage. But my that's my point. But the point is to them. When you are in depravity, when you are depraved, when you when your mind is is so dark, go back to Romans chapter one, and what Paul was describing what it looks like when you have a depraved mind. Well, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to really do some soul searching there, because. You're going in and trying to change what the word says because you you, you don't like what it says. So mm-hmm. you want to change the meaning of it. So basically what you're saying is that you are not in submission to God. You do not have a respect for God and his ways. Mm-hmm. Remember, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And like you said, they're trying to say God got it wrong. How do you call yourself a Christian? Yeah. We, if you do not yield and subject yourself to God and his will, his mm-hmm. plan, his purposes, because now you are taking his plan and purpose for marriage. You're trying to make it into something else. Right. Mar- like we've been saying <clears throat> throughout this whole series, the purpose of marriage is not about making us happy. It's about making us holy. Right. Because... When we're looking at, you know, like like in, in Ephesians, we talked about the mystery. Mm-hmm. It talks about the relationship of Christ and the church. All of this fitting into God's plan and his purpose. See, we are learning how to have an intimate relationship with Christ in yeah. our marriages. Yeah, we do. 
We we are. We're learning. Amen. More about that intimacy and, and, and relationship with him. Right. It's just it, it goes back to saying, I mean, you look at like this here. Um, and this is really profound if you really look at it this way. And this is a, this is go back to the question we had earlier in this broadcast. Where did God save you from? What did he save you from? If you say you are it are a Christian, it's just like this thing going on with people today talking about I'm gay I'm a gay Christian. I don't see that being any different from, you know, it's just like you, when you always you tickle me when you talk about the itchy ear syndrome. You know, they want to hear what they want to hear. Exactly. So they want the word of God to say what they want it to say. Mm -hmm. They totally want to come in and disregard God and his will. Exactly. They are showing they have no respect. For God. For God, the creator. Exactly. How can you believe in someone Right. Of a higher of a higher higher being than you, but you can't accept what they say. Right. You're not believing in them. Exactly. Exactly. You're believing in your depiction of him. Right. Well, that's no <clears throat> different than than the people who have created Buddha, Allah. Um, you know, all these, these other, um, different gods, different gods that. that people have created according to what they wanted. These, That's are. what these gay so-called Christians have done. They have created another God. This is not the true God. This is another whole God. Yeah. But it's not the true God, the creator. Only thing they've done is they've tried to lump their beliefs within the Christian you know the Christian religion, mm -hmm. right, right. Just like a lot, just like Jehovah Witness and other people try to do. Right, they mm -hmm. try to lump themselves in with the Christians, and mm -hmm. they try to call it the same. But you know, it is not the same. Right. There is a distinct difference, and this is the same thing that it looks like that's going on with these gay people who call themselves Christians. They have a whole nother God. Yeah. It's not the true God because if it were, then how come they're having a problem submitting to him and his will? Yeah. They yeah. just can't accept that, he, that the Bible says what it says. <coughs> mm -hmm. They cannot accept it. Right. And and, and here's the key. As being infallible. Right. And, they, and here's the thing about it. With their injection, they try to make it look more innocent and... You know, you miss the point. Um, God made me this way. God never look. I'm a, I'm a, Yeah, they're saying you, they're uh, saying people are missing the point. And they're saying they're being harsh and everything else mm -hmm. because they just don't want to accept the truth. Yeah. They have created a God who does, who caters to, and does what they want him to do. Just like with a lot of other people, you know, who um, have created a God. That, that you know he does he's like a sugar daddy and everything that they want him to be mm -hmm. right. they just can't accept who god is right. because it requires them to have to change to meet up to his standard right. and they don't want to do that no they don't they because don't. that right there doesn't make them feel better because they can't understand God and why he's like that why he thinks that way and so it feels to them like oh my god my feelings is getting hurt and right. I, I want to feel good about myself and what I do. <coughs> right. And, and but that's beside the point. And yeah, because 
Oh, thank you. You say that. And um, the one of the biggest huge problems that we've been seeing, and I see in so many places um, and so many websites, uh, especially the ones that I've been mean um, that give me all kinds of reports coming in, is this: the more the people who continue on this kind of lifestyle of having um, these same-sex marriages and trying to implore and put it into the church, it goes back to Jude. And Jude made this very clear that this stuff crept into the church. This is apostasy. Yeah, Apo the, the, the church is yeah. full of apostasy and false teachings and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And when you have that going on um, with apostasy, you literally allowed it. You see, God had to allow this to happen for for one major reason for Jesus to come back. Yeah. And but it, it also shows you, too, that the leaders in the church, they're very weak. Yeah. They are afraid of losing members. So if you are afraid of losing members because you don't want to teach the truth of God's word, you haven't made it be all about him. Amen. Amen. Like God can't hold his own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. Right. And, and, and so He sad. can do all of this without us. Yeah, he can. God could do more without us, period. The main reason why we're here is a relationship with him. Yeah. And to, and the main reason why we... That's not the only main reason, but it is the one of the main reasons. And another reason is to worship on him. Mm -hmm. So what we do... He could have made it different. He could have made it to where all of us just do whatever he wanted to do. But that's not what he wanted. No. He wanted us to freely choose. And here's another thing. Isn't it, isn't it kind of like with <laughs> us, you know, we want we want to know... That people really do love us. Right. We don't want it to be fake. Right. Right. We want the real deal. Well, that's what God wanted. He wanted people to to choose. Right. And he wanted it to be real. And not only just real, but he wants oh yeah, he wants us to know that you have free will to love him, to really honor him, worship him. Because think about it. But it can't be absent of respect. <clears throat> right. But the, but the, but think about this, baby. I don't think nobody catch this. If we have a God that's so controlling, and everywhere we go, he he, he uses these strings to control us. Like the puppeteer. Puppeteer, right. That's not love. Right. That's not grace. That's nothing. That's like, that's full totalitarianism, if you want to look at it that way. And even people who are in the LBT, in the, all the, the alphabet community, I won't say the alphabet community. I know somebody said this that. This is too much to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful to have the alphabet community and even other communities that don't believe in God the way that it's supposed to be. They need to realize that, you know, for you guys, God gave you will, free will to do all this stuff that was the property. It goes back to Romans that he gave you up. To, to a reprobate mind. Yeah. He just lets you do these do things because he gave you free will. I mean, he's not going to come in and, and control whatever every little thing you do. But for the, for you guys to complain when people call you on the carpet on sin is a, is a proof that you are not of God. Yeah. <laughs> because you, cause people are questioning like, okay, so this is not what I've read in God's word. Where did you come up with this stuff? And people get mad because you're questioning it because they don't really know the word themselves. 
right. And that's why I, I totally... Or they just can't phantom the truth behind all of this because they really can't understand God the way they really want to. I mean, all of this made-up stuff for what? You are hurting people in the world because they need to see a true God. They don't need to see more people acting like them. That's not helping them. Do you know that this is something that uh, someone said I read from somebody's website said that if Christians get together and start compromising with the world with the world and focus on what God had to say, the world would get their act together a little bit quicker and, and even if they don't get uh act together they will respect the christian because a lot of people are being hypocrites they're acting they, just like them it's like a t it's like little kids <clears throat> being under peer pressure you know they're, they're, they're reacting to the pressure mm -hmm. to be you know and, and even churches you know trying to design programs and things to get people to come to their churches they're doing Inviting all kinds of you no know, things from the world into the church to get to lure people in. Right. It's not. I mean, it's like people don't want to see that. They don't want to see more of of, of what's already there because that's not the hope they're looking for. Right. And that's why. And that's why they have all these questions. And, uh, <clears throat> all right. We have so many people come through the Resident Christian Radio Network. Asking questions. Lots of questions. People are looking for truth. Yeah. And, and they're frustrated because they're not, they don't know where to find it. And they're like, you know, we thought you guys were supposed to be different. That, right. My point exactly. They always do that. And they always say, well, quit. No, they always say, well, who's, to, who's telling the truth? We, and then when they, we hear the programs and stuff like that, we broadcast we're not trying to condemn no one. God said, not to imitate sinners, but make them disciples. It's plain simple. Go back to Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus told us to go to the world and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, are we doing that? Are we actually bringing sin into the spotlight. Are we exposed to sin according to the word of God? No, we're not. What we do is go back to what we've been talking about. I'm trying to fit in with society. And, right. It's go back trying to make life easier for ourselves. <clears throat> right. It's go back to what we was talking about about submission. We're trying to fit in according to society, but not to allow God to be our centerpiece in everything we do. And that right there is to me is grieving the Holy Spirit. And because God is not pleased with what we're doing in a lot of ways. So that's why we had to come and humble ourselves and pray for forgiveness and repent. This um, other part, too, um, of the question that I had, um, it says um, when you brought up the one about the husbands living with their wives will understand. And this is my question. I said, what man needs to understand another man as a weaker vessel? Mm -hmm. For what purpose would that serve? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't recall men liking to be referred to or thought of as weak in any way. No. Not I've just never seen that. Mm -hmm. If anything, men will get highly offended when you think of them as weak. Right. So, 
those of us who are saying we're followers of Christ, we must let the word of God be our guide in how we view what the world calls right mm -hmm. and or good compared to what our Heavenly Father says is acceptable, right or good in his sight. Mm -hmm. We must choose not to side up with the world or, or those who are calling themselves LGBT, you know, the, the, the alphabet, alphabet community, <laughs> calling themselves, you no know, Christians. Because God says otherwise. Yeah. We, as believers, true believers, must stand for truth and be the salt and light the world desperately needs. Amen. <clears throat> and, you know, baby, you sound, that right there is a, a alarm that needs to be sounded. My marriages, you know, a lot of people in the Alphabet community trying to proclaim that their marriages last long. Even some, but I have noticed that in the recent years, as they want to get married mm -hmm. and want to do this, a lot of them start to get divorced. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so they were being so haughty. Now it's coming back to bite them in the butt. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because they were trying to talk about how much <clears throat> they were able to hold it down better. Yeah. And now we see that they can't even do that either. Yeah, and talk about we could we could uh, take care of our, uh, take care of kids too, but a lot of them have to split. Well, they said they can do it better. They can say do it better to take care of the kids, take to be be married and all that stuff. But a lot of them get divorced, and a lot of the kids they uh they were they adopted with each other or something. They have to go through these legal court. They so confused with the court system that the court system said we don't need no more. Gay marriage, no, no gay divorces coming through here because it doesn't make any sense. I heard a judge said that. He said, this stuff don't make any sense. You shouldn't even get married in the first place. A judge said that recently, said that y'all want to get divorced now. You fought hard for gay marriage, same-sex marriage, all that. Now you want to get divorced? You can't, you can't, you don't know what you want. Now, this is a judge. In California, say that. Of course. Well, this person's going to come under a lot of fire. Huh? He did, he did, he did. But he told the truth. He said, you fought so hard for it, now you don't want it. What's the purpose of having it? It's just like these women out here acting like men. You know, they're trying to, trying to com compete so hard with the men, trying to be men, <laughs> you know, because they don't want to be a woman and looked at as weaker and things like that. And so, but then at the end of it, because I've heard so many stories, and it's, it's like, wow, this is like a cry that needs to really, really, you know, be sounded. The alarm needs to be sounded on this. But they have, they're just like realizing that I have bought into this feminism lie. And at the end of it, they were so miserable. So they went out there and they got their education and they got the career and they climbed up the ladder. Right. Just to be just and then they look back on their lives. They were getting older and stuff, and then no man wants them. They they too they they passed the childbearing years. And they're miserable, and they were believing this lie that feminism told them you can have it all. But yeah. they didn't even realize that you are out here. You know you've gotten yourself way out of God's will. I even hear now this whole thing. <coughs> they're trying to say that. Um, you know, women who are in the church who are supposed to be, you know, saved and independent women, things like that, trying to do this same stuff mm -hmm. that these people, that these women out here in the world are doing. Right. But they said, um, you know, men don't want a strong black, you know, especially in the black community, strong black independent woman. They said, but God, he will send the right man your way that can handle that. Really? 
Really? Yeah. Last I heard, men don't want to have to uh, fight and compete with a woman. He want a woman he can love, not fight and compete with. I heard of men. He wants someone who's on his side, who's a support. Yeah. This goes back to what I was saying before, Who baby. believes in him. Right. This goes back to what I said before. Um, when we go to the barbershops. And I know some guys are not saving the barbershops, but most of the men, younger men, they look petrified, terrified. And they like, they, they like, where in the world are the real women? They ain't say good woman. Real women at. And when you hear that, so I even asked this question to one of the young guys. We, we, uh, are you talking about good woman? No, I'm talking about a real woman. <laughs> a woman that is real to know feminine, know how, not feminist. Even they even know what a feminist look like. I'm talking about a woman who got femininity, something that will, a I true lady. A true lady is someone is soft. Yeah, that's what's missing out of a lot of women. Is <laughs> yeah. that they're not soft. Yeah. You know, it's just like a man. You know, men saying that. You know, when they when they uh, saying things about not <clears throat> not wanting to be around other men or with another man. They say, I, I, man, I got hard legs. Well, I don't want to be one another set of hard legs beside <laughs> mine right. in, the, in the bed. Right. So it's like you know, why would a man? want more hardness when he's already hard i mean he needs something soft in his life yeah and the woman you know because the that right there the man and the woman they balance each other out yeah they really do gay gay people they don't balance each other out no, you no, got no. the same thing yeah but there is no balancing each other out it's just like <laughs> when you and i are doing life together mm -hmm. you have a way that you see things i have a way i see things mm -hmm. and you know, there are going to be moments where my softness yeah. is a big influence for you to lighten up on some stuff. It does. But also, too, sometimes <coughs> I can be too soft about something and you'll come in and you'll give me a perspective on something and help me to see things in another light and it balances me out. And so, and so that's what people are missing. They are missing how we complement each other right yeah it's, so we shouldn't be fighting each other or looking at one being better than the other because no it's like women are in this war now trying to be better than men yeah and everything and men. because it, because you know times used to be you know uh what he was what's his name was saying you know it's a man's world you know it's like we don't need it anymore we need to be a woman's world why yeah yeah but look, look, see, they missed the point of the, of the of the song when James Brown was saying it's a man's world. But he said that, but he always know he could come home to another to a woman. That's what he said. It's he a said man's he, world. He's, he's nothing without a good woman he, by his side. Exactly. He exactly saying it's a man's world, but it's nothing like coming home to a good woman. Here's what he's saying: it's a man's world. It's a fight. It's competition. It's it's war. It's 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 heartache. It's, it's suffering. It's all these things. It's not saying a male that is a man's world because of look at the sin that that's Al brought. You're right. You see? Yeah, I mean, I know that James Brown is not saying something biblical, but that's what the biblical parameters is coming from. Is that it's hard out here. It's hard out in the world, right. And women are fighting <clears throat> to get out there and, and fight the same thing. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I, I I will let other people do that all day long. I'm gonna stay right in my role because look at the women falling out, stay sick, getting cancer. They they got yeah. heart, having heart attacks, all these things, all because they want to get out here and compete and fight with men and prove themselves. 
No, I don't have to prove myself. My identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. All of my identity is in Christ. That's where my worth is. And whoever God says I am, that is enough for me. <laughs> I don't have to go be all these things that everybody else talks about. Amen. Because I am someone. I'm, I'm something. I'm someone very important. Yeah. And I'm glad that you want I'm carrying to be, out a very important role. Yeah. I'm glad that you want to be in your wife given role, which we'll be talking about next week, which is going to be a powerful one because being in your role, baby, balance the whole family unit out. That's the whole purpose of this show. The family unit, husband, wife, children, embrace the family under God. Yeah, the flow in our home and our family is so much easier, more peaceful. Yeah. When you when when the people are carrying out their roles the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> I know. And that's why I think. I remember the pressure I used to be under for years and years and years yeah. thinking, you know, well, maybe I need to go out here and work and, and, and do all these things that other women were saying. And you kept saying, no, 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 no. We're going to be fine. And I was I just like, no, I need to do more. I need to help. You know, we, you know, stuff is we struggling. It, it, it was just, oh, my goodness. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but the point is is that it's great. I'm I'm grateful as a husband to realize that my wife wants to follow, was to obey God. That's the key element. And as a husband, and you, you know, me and you do need to look at this. And I'm not trying. We're not trying to push the the fact that you need to change your whole family structure because it's not in the way God is. But you need to be praying and ask the Lord. They show you ways that you and your wife can come together and be able to follow his will. Because if you don't do those things by going and pray to the Lord, then it will be more struggles down the road. But I'm going to tell you something. And this is not just a warning, but you got to look at the what the way the world is going. If you don't do these things in God's, in God's way and God's will, it's going to be harder. Because the way that the world is doing now, they want to take God out of everything. But they're not happy. <clears throat> no, nobody's not happy. They have not found happiness. And and the funny about it, and even the, like go back to the women who don't want to be married. Oh, look how miserable they are. They are miserable and they have no peace. And we got family that we they know fake person. It. Yeah, they fake happiness real good. I've seen them fake it. Oh yeah, and I, we got family members personally that we know. And people that we know personally are so miserable, angry, frustrated, want to do all kinds of stuff because they are out of God's will. So we're going to close with a, with a, 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 a good note here. But um, I want to really touch you guys next week on the next uh, next time of biblical territory review. I'm 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 not biblical, but family <laughs> unit radio show. I am I, I, that tell you I doing too much on the family unit radio show next week, which will be our last installment. Mm -hmm. Oh man, this is getting great, man. We need to continue. No, no, we can't do that. But um, but. The last one is going to be very, very, very powerful, and it's about the roles of the family, which will be the husband and the wife role. And this one is going to be really, really expound because it's going to touch on everything that we've been talking about for the past five weeks. And we really do want to touch this because it's going to really break some chains out of your mind on these things that the world has said. And we want to really going to give 
God glory through it because without him, we we can't make this alone. So let's go ahead and pray. And my wife going to pray now. I'm going to pray right behind her so we could go ahead and close this broadcast out. And we will see you next week. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for making known to us your blueprint for marriage in your word. Father, we repent of all the times we chose not to obey you in submitting to our husbands. Help us to put aside our agendas and allow your Holy Spirit to lead us in our roles of being submissive wives so that you may be glorified. Marriage is a ministry and we want to do it the way you ask us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Father God, thank you so much. Now we just give you glory and give you honor, Father, that everything you do is profound. That you establish what it is, what marriage is supposed to be, what it means for a family is supposed to be. It's through your will, Father, that it's going to be that is being established for a husband to do his role and the wife does his role, but mainly what submission looks like. And thank you, Father, that you have brought all kinds of truth and stop all the confusion about submission. That is biblical submission that people need and they need to submit to you. You, Father. So we give you praise and glory through, through what we have to say through you, Father, about what it really means to submit to you biblically. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Amen. And like I said, next week is the last installment. And <clears throat> I'm, I'm crying inside, but that's okay. Uh, I, I, the reason why is because I enjoy everything with my wife. With this series, I just, I, it, it is amazing. I learn more and more each and every time when we do something together, but mainly this is really profound. So I cannot wait for next week. So stay tuned. We got more much to come on the Family Unit Radio Show. You have a blessed in the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Family Unit Radio Show. We pray that this radio show helps you understand God's design for the family according to His Word. Tune in next week for more from the family unit, and may God bless you. The Family Unit Radio Show is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.